Hello everybody, this is Andrew. There is no email section on this week's Hey Kids Comics because Michael and I spent the first 30 minutes discussing The Winter Soldier. If you haven't seen The Winter Soldier, then I'd skip the first 30 minutes of the show. Thank you. Normal service will be resumed next week. Are you sitting quite comfortably? Then I'll begin. Hey Kids Comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, we can make them better than they were before. Better. Stronger. Faster. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Michael Leyland. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the show. We are now going to spoil completely Captain America the Winter Soldier. So if you've not seen it, you will have to fast forward. I'll probably put a little bit in the notes telling you where to fast forward to. That yeah. would make more sense. So yesterday, Winter Soldier came out. It did. It, it, it was the awesome! It was good. It was good. Alright, we need to put a little bit of context on this, don't we? How many times do I go to the cinema and really enjoy something? And then later on, maybe my order cools a little bit. I may lower my initial rating. Almost every time we go All to the Pierce Brosnan's James Bond films. 10 out of 10! Best film ever! Best James Bond film ever! And I watch on DVD and I honestly think only, only Golden Eye really holds up. <laughs> I, I don't want to watch Die Another Day again because I really liked that as a kid. <laughs> yes. Die Another Day is his weakest <laughs> by far. And Man of Steel. I think we've discussed this before. I came out of Man of Steel. And 9 out of 10. I thought it was a pretty good film. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. Thoroughly comparing it to, to the, the last of the Nolan Batman movies, which I didn't like very much at all. No. Even in the cinema. Yes. And then I watched it on DVD. In the cinema. Uh, it, yeah, we just took the tech in the piss. <laughs> and then I watched it on DVD and I knocked a rating off it. <laughs> And then, I, and then I watched it again, and I knocked another rating point off it. Yeah. So I'm now of the opinion, I don't ever want to watch it again. <laughs> I'm just keeping in mind that it's a 6, 7 out of 10 movie, because if I watch it again, I may knock it down again. So bear that in mind, lovely listener, when I say 9 out of 10 for The Winter Soldier. Okay. It may go down to a 7 or 8 in the fullness of time, but I, I've said before, Captain America, the first Avenger is my favourite of the Marvel movies beyond not counting Avengers because Avengers is just cool okay. easily my favourite is Captain America so there was high hopes for this one mm-hmm. I've said before I think Chris Evans is great Yeah, love Chris Evans I think he's a fantastic actor so hopes were high for Winter Soldier I wasn't disappointed I thought it was um, absolutely brilliant I didn't enjoy it as much as you did did you know I was just at the like a loon all the way through the film. The first one was much better, and they had a better handle of Captain America in World War Two than they did in today. Well, that was the point of the film, wasn't it? Yeah, How yeah, do you take Captain America and put him into but the morally ambiguous world of the 21st century? The movie itself didn't handle that as good as, say, the Avengers did. Oh, I, I thought it did it really well. I thought there was... It's it's the thing that we've talked about before. You don't darken up the character; you darken up the world around him. Yeah, yeah. So they've took Captain America out of World War Two and they've slotted him into Shield. And Nick Fury's way 
of not upsetting him or keeping him as pure and as wholesome as he is is to only give him straightforward missions. No. You're going in, you're stopping these terrorists. But whilst you're doing that, Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch, I always call her Scarlet Witch, don't I? Yeah. Scar Joe, Black Widow, is off doing the nefarious stuff because she doesn't mind. So you're putting him in this whole era of being an espionage and a spy and it doesn't fit him. And he know it doesn't fit him. And he knows it doesn't That's fit him. That's the story though, I'm not on about that because I'm fine with that. It's just, it wasn't as good. A film about Captain America in the present is as good as a, as a film about Captain America in World War Two. No, because he kind of does suit the World War Two milieu more than, yeah. than he suits the the current climate. But I thought I, I thought some of the themes they were dealing with were quite subversive yeah. for a, a blockbuster actioner, which essentially is what it is. Yeah. And essentially, if you get to the end of that film, Captain America has arguably made the world a less safe place. He's destroyed Hydra, so he thinks. Yeah. But he's also destroyed S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. So he's put all those top trained... Well, he didn't do it. Well, yeah. Espionage agents out of action. Yeah. So he's done all of that. So these guys are now with no job. What do you think they're going to do to make money? But the question, they're going to become mercenaries. The question is, how much of S.H.I.E.L.D. was Hydra at that point? Well, that was his point, wasn't it? That he couldn't just take down the people that they knew were corrupt because they didn't know... Who else was, was in Shield had been corrupted because, like, even Nick Fury didn't know. So they had to. So that was Captain America's argument. But we have to destroy the whole thing to be sure. It was the ultimate. It was, but I would argue Cap's character is not the character of the Ultimates. But the story is the Ultimates. The story is very influenced by the Ultimates. Yeah. Yes. And I, I, the bits with the Winter Soldier kind of took me out a bit. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, they've set him up as a cool Soviet sleeper agent assassin. <laughs> that no one can prove exists. And yeah, and he's, he's walking around on, <laughs> on roads and highways, blowing stuff up with grenade launchers. You said that when we came out of the film, because I was just so hyped up by it. Yeah. Said, he's not a very good ghost, though, is he? Jared Leto was not very was. good at his job. <laughs> you did look like Jared Leto. That's very true. And I said, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? He was brilliant. What are you talking about? He said, yeah, he's a ghost. No one knows he exists. He's been doing this for over 50 years and yet his method of executing people is to walk down the middle of a busy highway in broad daylight yep. just blowing stuff up that's why no one can prove he exists because they all blew up <laughs> he eliminates all witnesses he does yeah um, I, I like the little bits I like the character bits I thought the yeah. opening with him and Sam Wilson was brilliant yeah. We just kept running past him. On your left. On your left. That was that was brilliant. And uh, the little bits with him and Black Widow. Yeah. Because that's a partnership. Certainly from watching the Avengers, I didn't think they were going to go down that route. I thought she's more likely to be with Tony Stark or Bruce Banner or, or something than with Cap. And yet they made a really good team. Yeah. And Scarlett Johansson was brilliant in it. I'm still waiting for the, the Cold War Black Widow movie. I wouldn't mind a Cold War Black Widow movie, to be honest with you. But she was excellent. She was brilliant in it. Well deserving. Uh, Sam Wilson was fantastic. Yeah. I thought as the Falcon. Not not too much of the Falcon. I got the feeling that was stretching the budget a little bit. Yeah. Every time he used the wings. But he was good. Jared Leto was great mm. as Winter Soldier. Even though calling it the Winter Soldier seemed a bit strange given how little he was actually in the film. Yeah. He wasn't in it that much, was he? <laughs> It's like when films... Uh, the, the, the Thor 2 movie, The Dark World, 
what is the Dark World? When do they go to the Dark World? Yeah, I suppose it's just a title. Yeah. And it, it brought in the comic people. Yeah. But at the same time, it will have been quite a shock for the people who've not read the comics, which I presume is going to be most of the audience. Well, I thought going into it knowing everything is kind of a hindrance from a movie-watching point of view. We knew that she was Sharon Carter, despite the fact they never yeah, her Sharon Carter. But that's, and we knew he was Bucky Barnes, even though that was a major yeah, plot twist the Bucky in the film. Barnes thing was we knew that going in because we've read the comics. But the character doesn't know that. But so it, still, it becomes how emotionally invested are you in Steve Rogers' character that when he finds out it's Bucky... Yeah. The, and for me, it worked. I thought Evans played that well. well it was delivered as a plot twist directed to people who didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Well, this is fair enough. The comics reading audience are a very small percentage of who that film will be aimed at. Yeah. The fact that they put in so much of the comics is... You know, I think that's pretty miraculous. They're not just chucking all this stuff out. Yeah. What's With amazing? Batrock. Yeah, Batrock Lily Park. <laughs> Without the mustache. We've got, you know, I've said to you when we came out, DC is saying, oh, the world's not ready for a Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. And Marvel is saying, yeah, we've got Batrock the Leaper. And we take him <laughs> seriously. Well, they, they did have to change him an awful lot. Yeah, but he's a credible threat. Yeah. He's not prelude as a gag. He's a credible threat to Captain America. Yeah. And it works. And he is, yeah, he's the pre-credit sequence bad guy, essentially. Mm. But he works, and they play it really well. And they did an exceptional job with it. I yeah. mean, my only real complaint with it was the bad guy is telegraphed from the get-go. Yeah. Even not, no, I went to this film, I'd seen no trailers, because you kept saying to me, have you watched the trailer yet? No, I've not. I watched the trailer going, oh, they blow the helicarrier again. And I didn't know any of that, because yeah. I didn't watch any of the trailers. So I went into it cold, and the minute Robert Redford shows up on screen, I'm like, that's the bad guy. Yeah. You're not going to cast an actor of his stature and him not have a pivotal role in the plot. He's not going to be head of S.H.I.E.L.D., because that's Nick Fury. Yeah. But, to the film's credit, they didn't seem to be playing it that the identity of the bad guy was a mystery. I think they're pretty savvy enough to audiences now. Going into it, you're going to go, oh, Robert Redford's in it, right? He's going to be the baddie, obviously. They were setting up as who is the good guy. Yes, that was more the angle they were going down. It was more a case of not who is the bad guy. That's pretty telegraphed. That's yeah. pretty obvious. But it's more who is going to be the good guys. Because that's the whole point as well, isn't it? Cap ends up having to go to somebody outside of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Because he doesn't know who he can trust within S.H.I.E.L.D. I loved it. The only other complaint, the score... They, they've got a theme, though. Yeah. Named, and they didn't use and it. they used it once. Yeah. And they, in the very beginning, it's you've got when he's doing his running, you've got... Da, 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 and he was crying out for it <laughs> at the very end where he puts the Captain America uniform back on. For the yeah. most of the movie, he's wearing his shield cap uniform. The, straight from the comics. The American... What was it, what was it called? Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers... He was just head of S.H.I.E.L.D., wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he was something. It was that one, anyway. Yeah, that one. And it was good. It's a good representation of it. Yeah. Pretty faithful representation of it. And then you get to the end and he takes that off... To get the World War Two one. ...when he's not a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent anymore. He knows his purpose at that point. Doesn't it... No, he, le he leaves it. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He still left his costume. He did. All right. Forget but the he, symbolic reason. He puts his Captain America costume back on. Yeah. And I was waiting for... Dun, 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 dun. And it didn't happen. I, I did he get his Captain America uniform because he was ditching his shield one, or was he getting it to rem to, to help Bucky remember who he is? Does that as well? But I I read it in context of the film that he is standing up against the people supposedly in authority for the greater good. 
So, in that sense, he's standing as Captain America. I just got it as he wanted to help Bucky, remember? Well, I, I got it more, it was the symbol of Captain America. If Captain America is standing up to the government, the government per se, but you know what I mean? Yeah. If Captain America is doing this, that's going to have more power and more weight to it than Steve Rogers is doing this. I mean, everyone knows who he is. He has no secret identity in the Marvel movies. Yeah. But Captain America standing up and saying, S.H.I.E.L.D. is corrupt and I will not stand for this. Yeah. Joe, Joe Public is going to do what Sam Wilson did. Wait a minute, if Captain America is saying this, See, then there must be something to it. I remember us covering Civil War and you saying that was a bad thing. No, I didn't say it was a bad thing. You didn't say it was a bad thing. What I said about Civil War is that each character, the side they have picked has been picked before the story's been written. But Captain America's the same in Civil War and the movie. He's fighting against... The corruptness of yes, the, he's standing. Regardless in of civil what that war, corruption is, no, 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 no. You're completely misrepresenting civil war just to provoke an argument. I, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. In civil war, he is doing the same thing that he does in the Winter Soldier. He yes. is basically saying, "No, this is wrong, and I will not stand for it." Right? Yeah. We're both in agreement there. Okay. My problem with civil war is not that Captain America did that. Captain America would totally do that. I have no problem believing that. Okay. My problem with civil war is that every character was said, right, he's going to be on the left, he's going to be on the right, he's going to be on the left, he's going to be on the right, before the story was written. None of them, with a rare exception of a couple, did it feel organic that they were on the sides that they were on. I don't believe for a second... Yeah, that's what I'm saying to you. But I don't believe for a second Reed Richards would stand up against Captain America and say, no, Cap, you're wrong. I don't believe that for a second. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying was wrong with Civil War. They'd picked the sides that the characters were going to be on before they wrote the story, and then they shoehorned the story around that decision. Because it was more a case of, wouldn't it be cool if Reed Richards and Sue Richards were on opposing sides? Yeah. Completely ignoring the fact that they wouldn't do that. The Reed Richards of the 60s would not go up against Captain America. I don't think Tony Stark would. So the entire premise of Civil War falls to bits. Well, in the movies, would he not... I don't think the like movies each other. Slight, I don't. I disagree that they don't like each other. I think they respect each other. I don't know. Oh, they respect that they're friends. They don't like each other. Well, that's that's entirely possible. I I thought it was really good. I was really impressed with the direction they took it in. Like I say, for a, a blockbuster popcorn munching superhero flick, there was enough on there for you to chew on. Yeah, it was a very interesting story that they were telling, and there was lots of little character moments. And Chris Evans is by far the best one on a lot of them. Mm. Bar none. You can keep your Mark Ruffalo, you can keep your Robert Downey Jr. Chris Evans is a better actor than Robert Downey Jr. Disgust. Um, well, Robert Downey Jr. went to the Keanu Reeves school of acting. He plays not, Robert Downey Jr. He's not as wooden, but he is... No, no, he's far from wooden. He's a very entertaining and engaging screen presence, but he's always Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Even in Chaplin... He's Robert Downey Jr. But Robert Downey Jr. is a good Tony Stark. Yes, and he's a good. He's the best there is at being Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. So if you're going to employ somebody to do that, let's get Robert Downey Jr. Seems to make sense. Yeah. Chris Evans' performance as Cap is completely different to his performance as Johnny Storm, which is completely different to his performance as whoever it was he played in The Losers, which is completely different to his performance in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, but he's fitting for those roles. Well, exactly. He's an actor. Yeah, but even with Robert Downey Jr., he's, even though he's playing the same... Uh, he's playing Robert Downey Jr. playing yeah, Tony Stark. Even though he's playing himself, the the casting has still put him in a good character for him. Oh yeah, it's himself. perfectly suited for him. 
as was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. But he was still Robert Downey Jr. It doesn't matter, he still fits in Exactly. That. That's what I'm saying. So if you're going to cast that Robert Downey Jr. part, who's going to get that part? Well, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. But Chris Evans is an actor. I think he's the best actor of a lot of them. Okay. Although Scarjo pulled it off. I'm, I'm not one of those people who was falling over after the Avengers. I thought she was fine. I had no problem with her and she's got a very shapely bottom. The, the, the Avengers had more gratuitous Yeah, more gratuitous bottom shots. shapely bottom yeah. shots. For Joss Whedon, king of feminism, <laughs> yeah. it's quite surprising the Avengers had more shapely bottom shots. They'd also had several topless men, so... Yes, that's the, whereas this one didn't have any topless men, did it? No. There was no beefcake shots in this. I think my, my biggest... The thing I was most pleased about was I enjoyed Iron Man 3, as I've enjoyed all of the, the Iron Man movies. Yes. But my problem with Iron Man 3 is they undercut every major dramatic moment with a joke. And you you get to the point where you start thinking, well, they're not taking this seriously then. And it gets right. hard to take it seriously if everything is undercut with a gag. Captain America, the Winter Soldier, was played much straighter. There's funny bits. Uh, no, I think that's, that is better. Because... Even with serious moments, um, Iron Man is still, you know, even with um, he's still irreverent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even uh, the thingy, the my fraction in a comic, which is about um, terrorism unit using Tony Stark's weapons. He's still Tony Stark. Yeah, and he's still a somewhat light-hearted character within a dark story. But Captain America is a soldier in a story about a covert espionage. Yeah, I think it, Iron Man works as a serious comedy film whereas Captain America is a better serious mm. film I thought it was it was they, they got the tone exactly right I think the tone's right with Iron Man as well yeah yeah I'm not disagreeing with you but I think the, Captain America wouldn't have served having everything undercut and yeah. there's just so many lovely little bits in it like when he goes and sees Peggy Carter yeah in the nursing home was just lovely and the bit where she completely forgets him yeah. and he, he just goes along with it yeah and it's it's lovely and it's the bit where he's walking around the Captain America exhibit yeah he's great and the kid sees him and he just goes Shh. it's lovely and Chris Evans is just they're gonna miss him yeah I, I mean Robert Downey Jr. is the flashy one and gets all the plaudits and everyone's like well what are they gonna do with Iron Man now he's not doing it anymore but I think they're gonna miss Chris Evans more but that, that's what I thought they were going to go with because they were definitely setting up for that being the last Captain America and that way introducing the Winter Soldier they could have easily had Bucky replace him as Captain America like in the comics yeah not in that um, film no, but they certainly yeah, lay in ground they set it up so that I, I thought they would, they, it, it would have pleased everyone you could have had your story there and you could have well maybe that's the way they're going to go for Captain America 3 yeah I mean, he's not said when he's done, he's just said when he's finished as Captain America. Yeah, so basically, Captain America 3's already been announced. Yeah. They've announced a Cap 3. He's already signed up for Avengers 2. So yeah. it's logical to assume his other contractual obligation will be Avengers 3. Maybe Avengers 3 will be Civil War. Possibly. And at the end, it like that. Because of the events of the Winter Soldier. Yeah. With the... the, the, the I mean, the thing with that is that has to have a knock-on effect on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But doesn't do, it? Are we counting Agents of Shield? Yeah, it's in the same continuity. And I, I know, but it exists on its own. And um, I'm thinking it doesn't though, because the Lady Sif's just been in one. Yeah, but it 
nothing that happens in S.H.I.E.L.D. affects what happens in the No, movies. because the problem that they've got with that is the movies are filmed so far in advance. They are now filming Avengers 2. Yeah. So Cap 2 will have been filmed last summer before they started shooting Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. So when they started filming Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they will have known what's happening in Captain America 2. Yeah. That's one of the things where television production is, is light years ahead of film production. Mm. So they've known this was going to happen from the pilot episode of filming S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. They've known that. So they've obviously, I think, they've been seeding this going through, and suddenly it makes Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. seem a little more interesting. But that's something else as well right. that I thought was really cool, right? One of the things that they're criticising Fox and DC for is they're rushing into it. They're making Man of Steel 2 a stealth Justice League flick to get to the Justice League quick because of the success of the Avengers. Yeah. Fox have apparently already got on the schedule an X-Men Fantastic Four mashup. Right. Which I think is boneheaded. Brian, the tone of Brian Singer's X Men films does not suit the Fantastic Four at all. I thought they they, they were losing Fantastic Four. Well, that film they, they've they've got to get it made by a certain point. But anyway, that's irrelevant. Oh, okay. They're rushing into that right. because of the success of the Avengers. One of the things that I thought about Winter Soldier when we were watching it, the Phase One movies weren't just leading up to the Avengers. No, everyone no. thinks it was. The Phase One movies were their own it movies, but. There's elements of this that go all the way back to Iron Man 2, Gary Shandling. Yeah. And suddenly I'm watching Winter Soldier, and I said to you in the cinema, when we saw Gary Shandling and ha- what happens with him, I went over to you and said, so did they have this plan for Iron Man 2? Yeah. Was that why he was doing what he was doing in Iron Man 2? Because if uh, so, that's incredible for planning. Um, I'm not entirely sure it is. So you think it's it's the fact planet because yeah because I don't think Iron Man 2 is that good of a film let alone an Iron Man oh see I like Iron Man 2 but it's it's bland not like it no I think that I could be wrong by this but I think what they were doing with that was not um like seeding it with Iron Man into Captain America I thought they were retroactively changing Iron Man 2 for the better right okay I don't mind, that's, it's perfect because Scarlett Johansson's in Iron Man 2, isn't she? Yeah. Black Widow's in Iron well, Man 2. she's a bad guy about them, isn't she? Or is she yeah, with S.H.I.E.L.D.? She's, she's with S.H.I.E.L.D. at that point, right. but Tony Stark isn't. Yeah. I've only seen Iron Man 2 twice. I've only seen it once. I'll see, I like I like all of them. This is the thing when people say, I like this one the best, so you don't like the others. No, I yeah. like all the others. I think Incredible Hulk is the most underrated yeah. of the Marvel films, but I still think Captain America's my favourite. In terms of being a film in and of itself, Iron Man, the original Iron Man, is probably the best. Yeah. Because it stands alone as a piece of work. The others are kind of jigsaw pieces. Yeah, well, Iron Man's my favourite. You're the first Iron Man one. Mm. Yeah. But I like them all. I don't think they've set a foot wrong yet. Um, I'm still not so fond of the Hulk character because I think the Ed Norton character is a completely different to the Matt Ruffalo character, and they've, they've just completely... They've changed him yeah. to fit the Avengers. And they've not even said anything about if anything's happened that's made him change character or what, but he's a completely different actor. Well, he's a completely Char- different actor, No, he's a completely different character, yeah. <laughs> if you watch the Hulk and the Avengers back-to-back, he is a completely different character. And it is noticeable. Right. So you've got me thinking about that now. Right, okay. See, it's not just the change in, in actor. It's Ruffalo seems to have given up on trying to find a cure. Yeah. Doesn't he? He seems to have accepted it's, that it's he's the whole. It's not just Hulk. that as well. It's 
he, he, he's just completely... Um, I mean, I can't exactly think of any examples. It's been a while since I've seen both of them, but mm. it, when I was watching the Avengers for the cinema, it was it felt wrong. Not just because he's a different actor, because you know, growing up with James Bond movies, you, mm. just you accept that it's a different actor. But because it was a completely different character, and no one brought up or anything, the change in characterization. so... Uh. See, I just assumed that was he'd took himself off the grid and was helping people instead of trying to find a cure. And maybe that had just mellowed him out a bit. I don't know. Uh, but it, I'm it angry just, all the time that really fit in with that, doesn't it? No, it just okay. seemed wrong to me. Alright. Okay, fair enough. But uh, no, I know, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I yes. loved it. I thought it was very, very entertaining from start to finish. Armin Zola and the Hell. Armin Zola showed up. The gravestone being my favourite. The greatest. Nick Fury's gravestone yes. saying the path of the righteous man. Ezekiel 25-17. Yeah, which was a, a nice little in-joke. Yeah. Um, Robin Shabotsky showing up again. Well, that ending nice. bit where she's at Stark Industries. She's at Stark International. If they do go down the Civil War route... Maria Hills with Stark Industries that's your Tony Stark world most wanted right which could be a good film right so you're thinking they're, they're setting up Civil War now they could be yeah because essentially what Cap's done there is destroy a government installation they've got all the pieces on the board if they want to do it yeah it would be interesting my thinking on that is they couldn't do it worse yeah <laughs> but they're also you're instantly removing some of my problems with Civil War the Spider-Man stuff yeah. It's gone, because they don't have Spider-Man. Well, suddenly them not having Spider-Man is a benefit. Yes, because that whole... The Peter Parker story in Civil War is just ridiculous. Yeah. And he's written incredibly badly and yes. out of character. And then the Reed Richards stuff. Yeah. Reed Richards off the table, because they don't own the Fantastic Four. Yeah. So two of my major problems with Civil War are gone. And I'm just going to go out and say it. I think the people writing the Marvel movies are better writers than Mark Miller. Yeah. Bottom line. And then the people writing the Marvel movies are, are better than the people writing the not-Marvel Marvel movies. Which ones would they be? Um, Spider-Man. Oh, right, the Marvel movies that are owned by other people. Yeah. Oh, I don't disagree with that. I, don't, I think, you know, I enjoyed Man of Steel and Batman Begins and even Green Lantern to a yeah. certain extent, but they are in a completely different league from well, the Marvel it's movies. It's like the Marvel movies are targeting non-comic readers whilst also whilst not alienating whilst, the comic yeah, readers whereas the other ones are focusing primarily at, well only on the non-comic readers mm. and forgetting well that's there was looking the trailer from Amazing Spider-Man 2 was before Captain America so I had no yeah. choice but to watch it and that's the only footage I've seen and once again it's Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone that made me want to see the film it looks pretty exciting that's and the costume's much better uh, in the first film there was one shot which made it look like it was a costume being worn and there was one shot that looked like a video game yeah as I said to you is that a clip from the video game hmm. which I presume they'll tidy up for the film itself but you've got all this this whole thing of why is Harry Osborn being the Green Goblin before Norman is that what they're doing as far as I can see from what I saw is that it's Norman being the Green Goblin right okay well maybe it's being Norman then, but I was just like I just, why, I, why make that change I don't think it's a good idea to have three bad guys in it uh, by all accounts Rhino's in it for all of four minutes is it so he's not a major player I guess they could do the bit from Ultimate Spider-Man you know he's messing around Rhino's on the run he goes around stops him sorted as long as they don't do Ultimate 6 we're good <laughs> which was one of the most boring comments well, I can't, ever had the misfortune of reading. Shield Ultimate story. 
Alright, and S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. Well, I, it's going to be interesting to see what that does do to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, personally, I, I don't see it ever reaching Season 2. It's... it's ooh, I'm just going to... Has it been picked up? I've no idea. I don't know. I don't, I don't hate that as much as... I mean, I know it's fashionable to bash on it and say it's no good. Yeah. I think it's an 80s, 90s action-adventure show. I, I think it's and a I very... Think the TV landscape's moved on a little bit, but I like it on that level. And I think the characters are funny. Well, I've, Apart from Officer Stiff. We, we've had debates about this at school, because a lot of the people who watch it are very, by definition, internet, you know, the Tumblr... Oh, yeah, Twitter. They're the kind of people who I don't like. Because <laughs> um, you're a teenager and you don't like anybody. You're right, but they're very different. We have opposing opinions, and I don't like it as a comic reader, because, or even as a... a but you sit and watch it every week with me. Uh, yeah, I sit and watch it every week, so I, you know, I, I want to know what happens in it, but I think it's very stale and boring and nothing happens in it. Even and the... the, the I don't, have, I don't have strong opinions of it either way. I was looking forward to the Lady Sif, and they didn't mess up with it, but they didn't do a terribly good Well, my problem with the boring. Lady Sif one, I liked the Lady Sif one. I yeah. thought there was a requisite oh. amount of accent. The Lorelei chick was good. Yeah. My problem with it was Sif tells Coulson yeah. Lorelei can control men. So he goes and sends men So out. yeah, if, if she doesn't do it with the voice, the touch, she will get them somehow because men are weak. Yeah. So what does Coulson do? Instead of going, right, we'll send Simmons and May. Yeah. Send those two, because <laughs> they're not men. Yeah. He sends all the blokes. Well, the thing with the movies as well, I find it so bland and stale that I don't, I'm not as big as Coulson anymore, and I used to really like him in the movies. But I'm talking to my friends about it, and they all love it and think it's great. And a hoot and a half. No, see, I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as everyone paints it. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's bad. I just think it's incredibly bland. I think it's I think it's the same as Arrow. I enjoy both of them for the same reasons. I don't think Arrow's any better or any worse yeah. than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which, again, I know is an unpopular opinion, but I don't really care at this point. I don't mind Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. I don't, I don't mind Arrow. They're both flip side of the same thing. Arrow's a lot darker. Yeah. But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s fine. But I'm. they have to reflect what happened in The Winter Soldier. They've got no choice. Well, like I said, uh, if it does get a second season, then that would be a problem. But if it's only getting the one, then... <laughs> so basically they've done this just in case Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. only gets a season. <laughs> yeah. Because so, what's it going to be next year? The Agents. <laughs> Is that what <laughs> it's, it's going to be? be yeah. The Mercenaries. Oh. Or do you think Coulson's just going to take his little plane <laughs> and hire himself out to people who need assistance? Oh, you know what they could do? What? Right? Uh, they do the Civil War movie... Uh, and then they goes, guys, what if we then do Secret Invasion and Scroll Kill Crew? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think that's good. No, can you imagine how good that would be as a TV show? What, Scroll Kill Crew? Yeah. Could they afford to do the scrolls on a, on a TV budget? Oh, I did like that in the Lady Sif one where she's reaming off all the aliens that are blue and she mentions the Kree. Yeah. That was quite cool. Did, did, they, did we find out what that alien was yet? Uh, no, that's, that was the cliffhanger. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, Guardians, yeah. Well, Guardians is next. Yeah, we, there's another thing you mentioned. Sharon Carter's in it, but she's called Sharon and Agent 13. Steve never finds out she's Peggy Carter's, whatever, niece. Yeah. Nephew, granddaughter, whatever it is she ends up being. Yeah. So that's something that they've left hanging. Mm. But, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Heartily recommended it. Thought it was really good. Anyway, we don't have time for emails. We have. We've. That was thirty minutes on 
Winter Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we don't have time for emails. <laughs> so we'll have to leave until next week. Mm-hmm. I do apologise about that. Lovely, lovely listener. We waffled on far too much about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier. Well, there's 30 minutes that people don't have to listen to if they're not in the film. Exactly, yeah. So, there you go. Anyway, we'll, we'll slot in an advert for something. <laughs> and we'll be right back. I was there at the dawn of the third age of podcasting. It began in the year 2014 with the start of Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast located at downbelowpodcast.com. It was a port of call for geeks, nerds, podcasters, and wanderers from all over the world. It could be a silly place, but it was our last best hope for intelligent analysis. Under the leadership of two veterans and two new viewers, Down Below was a dream-given forum, a place where everyone could come together to discuss the show with mutual respect. Down Below was the first of the Babylon 5 intro cast. Listen to a story on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or downbelowpodcast.com. Oh, we're back. We are. We are. That's the first time we said we're back in a long time. I may just cut it out. Barry Allen was dead. No doubt about it. The universe-shattering maxi-series Crisis on Infinite Earth saw to that. There was even a funeral for this doornail. Barry died as he had lived, heroically, spectacularly, but rather nondescript. Few knew of his sacrifice for many issues. He died to save many by offering the only thing of true value any of us have. His life. Of course, the -the behind-the-scenes shenanigans were as much to blame for Barry's death as the antagonist of the story, the Anti-Monitor. In hindsight, Crisis may have been one of DC's silliest moves. Removing one of the most notable things about the DCU, the multiple Earths, or multiverse, in favour of a streamlined, allegedly less convoluted backstory. It's a great series, don't get me wrong, living up to its tagline, Worlds will live, worlds will die, and the DC Universe will never be the same again. But ultimately it created more problems than it solved. And the trade-off, the legacy hero instead of the multiple Earths variations, may not, ultimately, have been worth it. Now, I can understand why DC did this. See, characters become iconic when they reach a certain level of success. People don't want to mess with what made the strip successful, what made the character iconic to begin with, so they do variations on a theme, afraid that changing the character too much will remove what was appealing about it in the first place. And in terms of iconic Silver Age superheroes, few were more iconic than Barry Allen, a.k.a. The Flash. He launched the Silver Age of comics in Showcase Issue 4 in 1956. His story, Flash of Two Worlds, gave us the whole multiverse to begin with in Flash issue 123 in 1961. He was a founding member of the Justice League of America in Brave and the Bold issue 28 in 1960. He'd lost his wife, Iris Allen, to a supervillain, the reverse Flash, in issue 275 in 1979. Still rare, if not unprecedented. He was the recipient of a huge multi-issue story, The Trial of the Flash, in the early 1980s, long before that was the norm. But still, scapegoats had to be slaughtered, and just as he had birthed the multiverse, Barry's sacrifice brought about its end. The symmetry in that. Now, I know what you're thinking, and you're right. But Andrew, you're thinking, this is a comic book death. How real can it be? Well, yes, lovely listener, you are, of course correct. People die and are resurrected all the time in comics. 
nowadays. But back then, it was a different story. People who died tended to stay dead. Gwen Stacy, dead. Norman Osborn, dead. Uncle Ben, Bucky, Captain Marvel, all dead. Even though some of them have returned in more recent years. So, killing Barry was a big deal and was supposed to be permanent. And in fact, it remained permanent for 23 years. Not a bad record for this vicinity. But comics are different to any other medium. Whereas in other storytelling mediums, carrying on another story is just not the done thing. In comics, it happens all the time. And so it was that when DC decided they wanted all of their iconic characters back in their respective iconic roles, we saw the resurrection of Oliver Queen and found him back as Green Arrow. Hal Jordan, for so long now, the Spectre, now found himself returned to the role of Green Lantern. And in short order, Barry Allen would find himself back in the scarlet and yellow outfit of The Flash. First, a confession. Whilst I have just finished my reading of the entire post-Crisis Flash run, featuring work by writers such as William Messner-Lobes, Mark Wade, and Jeff Johns, and greatly enjoyed it, I was never a big fan of the Speed Force. Established as a way to tap into the speed energy for the many, many speedsters that now populated the DC Universe, I much preferred that Barry's acquisition of powers was a freak accident. But it was a part of the stories and not a deal-breaker for me in enjoying them. When I first heard of Rebirth, I must confess, I hoped that this would signal an end of the Speed Force. This may colour my perception of the first few issues of what we are about to cover. And covering this does seem timely. Grant Gustin has currently been cast in the title role of a new Flash TV series, and he's playing Barry Allen, not one of the other characters, and if his appearance on Arrow is anything to go by, the series we're about to cover is being used as a backstory for that show. Odd, given that it was negated a few years later by DC's line-wide reboot, but we'll see how that pans out. But what series? I've kind of given it away, really, haven't I? But I am, of course, talking about Flash Rebirth, which came out in between June 2009 and April 2010, suffering many delays. Jeff Johns was the writer, and Ethan Van Skiver, or Skiver, is it Skiver? I say Skiver. Do you say Skiver? Was the artist. The Flash Rebirth title is actually a misnomer, as Barry was reborn in the pages of Final Crisis, where he was... Reverse engineered by an unknown force. <laughs> Was that the official explanation? Ed by Grant Morrison, yes. Well, as for Morrison, that, that's, that's almost opaque. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? The series picks up just after his resurrection. Part 1, entitled Lightning Strikes, twice came as was the norm with this type of series with two cover variants, both by Ethan Van Skeever. The first is also the cover of the trade, although I think better covers will be presented on future issues. This has the Flash clad in his standard costume, kneeling down as he pulls on his boot, as lightning emanates from his ring and envelops his body. Presumably... We are seeing a depiction of the ring shooting forth the costume and covering Barry Allen, but this isn't terribly clear from the image. As with all Van Skyver's art, it's hyper-detailed and pleasing, but it's also a little muddled. The costume in the ring only works for older readers, and it isn't even clear that that's what's happening, as the biggest lightning effect is reserved for the chest emblem, and that is what the eye is drawn to. Whilst the lightning effect is cool, it's too busy, and having Barry's eyes also shooting out lightning makes him look more menacing than the hero of the story should look, especially the Flash. The Batman can look scurry, it's part of his shtick. People can be unsure about spy 
Spider-Man, that full face mask is a bit much. But the Flash should be like Superman. You know he's the good guy. Good a piece of art as this is, it's style over substance. But perhaps that's perfect for a first issue. Do you like it, old chum? I'm not that big on it. It looks cool, but... Well, it's, it's supposed to look cool, but it's... it's. It looks cool in... But he's not doing anything and to be cool. He's just pulling his boot on. Yeah. I, I put my shoes on every day. It ain't that cool. <laughs> I put my shoes on every day. No one applauds me or draws <laughs> me on the cover of a comic. <laughs> and it's coming out of the ring as well, so... There's too much lightning. Yeah. It's self-consciously cool. Yeah. Instead of being cool because of what it's depicting. Mm. It's Van Skeever, so the art in and of itself is good. Yeah. In my humble opinion. Uh, the variant is the three seconds before version. On this, Barry's clearly shooting the costume out of his ring, and it's racing outward with the costume emblem facing the reader quite prominently. It's clearer in what it's showing, but it isn't as eye-catching as the other cover. No. Which kind of contradicts what we were just saying, doesn't he's it? still got his angry evil eyes as well. Yes, yes, he's still got his, his lightning eyes. Uh... I think the Flash's ring is cool. We've mentioned that before. <laughs> yeah. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I'm not so big on the ring, but I like the cosmic treadmill. <laughs> I love the cosmic treadmill. Who doesn't like the cosmic treadmill? Isn't it kind of like the spider buggy? No, that was just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that was as stupid as Superman's kryptonite mobile that he drove into outer space and had fists. Oh, right. <laughs> the corgi tie. Yeah, with the boxing gloves. It was a cool corgi tie, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> it's kind of stupid, let's be honest. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it, the Flash's ring isn't a Superman shirt rip, is it? No. It's not as iconic as that, or of Batman posing on top of a gargoyle in Gotham City. Normally, you know, with his cape yeah. being 60 feet long. <laughs> And the horns up. Yeah, there. so it's it's a weird one. Ultimately, the, the 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 original cover is better than the variant cover. But for the trade, I wouldn't have picked any of them. But we'll get yeah. to the I one think that I would have picked. Variants better. Do you actually like the variant better? Yeah. Why? I, I don't know. I just do. Although in a lot of cases, I do prefer the variant cover. I don't think that variant's showing anything. It's showing a guy shooting something out of his ring. And while lightning dances around his eyeballs. The normal one shows him putting his shoes on whilst lightning dances around. <laughs> At least the second one's yeah. an action shot. Burly. Burly qualifies as an what, action what shot. What makes the normal one an action shot? The fact that it's on a tilted angle. Yeah, the fact that it's a Dutch <laughs> angle. That makes it an action shot. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that is an action shot, that first cover. Yeah. I mean, crouching down, pulling on his boot, which is, you know, riveting. But it's more of an action, because at least he's in his costume. I, so yeah. at least you're looking at that going, all right, it's the Flash. As opposed to looking at that and going... Who's the guy with the lightning shooting out of his eyes? And what's that red thing around him? But there's the... I guess it could be the, the plastic man's costume, so... Yeah, it could be, it could be anybody, really. With it? a big lightning strike on it. Yeah, it could be lightning lass. I thought it was lightning lad. Is it lightning lad? I don't know. One of them. <laughs> <laughs> could be any one of them. Couldn't it? Who else has a lightning bolt on their outfit? Could it be Quicksilver? Who else's costume is, has a lightning bolt on it and is red? Quicksilver's green. Is he? Yeah. I thought he was blue. No, he's green. Is he? he used okay. to be blue, he's green now. Alright, fair enough, alright, okay. The story for part one, two forensic cops are murdered brutally, because this is a Jeff Johns comic, in the Central City Police Department crime lab by a man with a lightning-shaped cane as he searches for ninhydrin. As uniformed officers arrive, the man stands, arranges more chemicals in a specific 
specific order. And then he's hit full force when lightning strikes, hitting the contents of the shelves and spilling them all over the map. He glows black and red, his skull visible through his skin as he ruminates on the events that brought him here and the man responsible. Barry Allen. Central City. The parades and parties celebrating the return of Central City's favourite sons, the Flash and Kid Flash, are making Barry Allen uneasy. He checks out the Flash Museum to catch up as different people, from friends to colleagues to strangers, ponder what it all means that he's back. Barry is wondering that same thing. Even his old buddy Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern of Earth, and also a man not unfamiliar with death and resurrection, can't figure out why Barry seems so down. Barry seems to feel that his time was done. Wally West has taken over the mantle of the Flash, Bart Allen, that of Kid Flash, and they seem to have things in hand. Besides, the Speed Force kept him alive, albeit incorporeal, and Barry feels it's calling him back. Feeling blue, he takes off. In Fallville, Iowa, no relation to Smallville, Iowa, two kids playing in a field stumble across a burnt trail, as if something had sped a flame into the field at great speed. At the termination of the trails, the kids spy a skeleton wrapped in a black approximation of the Flash's costume. As Barry dons the scarlet and yellow costume and speeds across town, he remembers his only unsolved case, the brutal death of his mother, seemingly at the hands of his father, a situation Barry never came to terms with or believed. As he races, another figure manages to pull free out of his chest. Savitar, a speedster also trapped in the speed force, has broken loose, but as Flash makes contact all the other speedsters, from Kid Flash to Wally West to Jesse Quick to Jay Garrick, suddenly double over in pain. Poor Savitar crumbles to dust. Savitar will be missed. But probably not by me. <laughs> I don't know. By, the, by that girl later in that other issue. Yeah, by the girl later on. The Vladivostok. Or whatever her name is. Alexandrova. Who doesn't miss her for long. Yeah, well, she, she's reunited with him pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. This is very true. Uh, Ethan Van Skeever's art book is excellent, as usual. I don't yeah. think we've got any complaints about the art. I kind of did. Go on, then. Especially the further you got into it. It was good, but it wasn't good at the same time. Why? It was, Why is it not good? Because oh, it's, it's stiff, for one, which isn't suited on a Flash comic. It's really, really stiff. Do you think? Yeah. See, I do. There's sometimes where he pulls it off. There's a neat trick when he's running so fast that he bends where the light is moving. Yeah. But apart from that, I think it is too stiff for a Flash comic. And sometimes there's the odd wonkiness later on where deadlines were hitting, and he's using his hyper-realistic detail to detail a wonky picture. But I thought it was good, but it was good on top of not so good. Um, I have no problems with the artwork. I I think it's it's very detailed. It's very George Perez meets Brian Bolland. Mm. It's hyper-detailed. You can see why he ran into deadline problems because yeah. of the detail in, in the artwork. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I don't find it as stiff as you do. I certainly don't find it as stiff as some of Bolland's work and Dave Gibbons. Yeah. Both of them are good artists, but... Well, they stuck to what they were suited at. I don't think Bolland would be good on The Flash, but he's good on Batman. Yeah. And for here, um, he was good on Green Lantern Rebirth, Yeah. but Flash is not a character that he's suited at. You know what I think? No. Alright, okay, fair enough. Uh, Story-wise, we see that Central City is, is rather corrupt, 
with the CSI guys willing to send an innocent man down simply because the chief wants a conviction. Central City, as we see on the opening pages, is twinned with, or is it neighboured with, Keystone City. The, yeah, the gem cities. Yeah, both key in Flash mythology. Yeah. Or history, or whatever you want to call it. I really like this opening sequence. Because essentially we're watching the guy, the guys being killed from the point of view of the guys killing them. Yeah, we're, we're killing these guys. We are. Yes, uh, that was a big giveaway as to who it is with the murder weapon. Yes, well, was it supposed to be a mystery who it was, really? Given the love affair that they've got with Reverse Flash I, I, in recent I, I, years, he was dead at this point, wasn't it? Was he? Yeah. Was he dead at this point? I, I was not aware of that. Snapped his, at least this Reverse Flash was. Oh it? yeah, well yeah, but because I've read the. Um, I've been reading the post-crisis one, and he's shown up quite a few times in that. Isn't that Obard Thorn? Eobard Thorn. Well, this is Professor Zoom. Right. So I thought Eobard Thorn was Professor Zoom. Now you're confusing me. No, because at the very end they meet each other. Yeah, Zolomon Hunter is a different Reverse Flash, isn't he? That's what I'm saying. He's but Eobard Thorn. Yeah. Has also made appearances in the post-crisis Flash. Right. But it was before Flash had killed him. Right, okay. So as far as he was concerned, that hadn't happened yet. Right. You remember, we did the return yeah, of Barry yeah. Allen. So he, this is his return after having his neck snapped. Nap yes, snap. this is him the, returning those from the dead. Are those appearances are after his neck snapped, but before it. Yeah, but for him, before that happened. Okay. Timey-wimey. Wibbly-wobbly. Wibbly-wobbly, yeah. Always a good thing. Jeff Johns has built up quite the reputation for the over-the-top violence. Yeah. And like Michael says, this opening sequence is... Purely from the point of view of Eobard Thorne, Adrian Zoom, Reverse <laughs> Flash, whatever the hell you want to call him. And we'll call him all three of those, <laughs> as I got mixed up as we go through, as we go through the notes. <laughs> um, I, I don't know who to blame for this. Do you think it's Van Skeever umping up the violence? No, I think it's John's. Or do you think it's John's? John's is very tight with his scripts. Is he? Yeah. Right. Okay, for, I, I hope the TV show isn't going to be this violent. Because like, one would imagine they want children to watch it. I, I guess. But um, The other hand is, there's nothing that violent for a while, anyway. No, it, it is only really the first issue that's gross. It's still way too dark for a Flash story, though. Well, I've got that note later on. But this goes back to what we were talking about, about Winter Soldier. You darken up the world, not the character. Well, reading this, it is Captain America. Oh, it's the same it's, story. It's the same story. You're yeah. taking somebody out of the past who was pure and wholesome and decent and therefore ripe for mocking <laughs> because we can't have people like that anymore mm-hmm. and putting him in the new DC, what was it, somebody called it, all rapey DC universe. Yeah. So it's putting Barry Allen into into the new you'd DC. you think we planned these things with Captain America? You'd think we planned these things because we knew Captain, we'd see Captain America while we were talking about this. Yeah. No, we didn't because <laughs> we've had this on the docket. Well, we were going to do Green Lantern Rebirth then we had Flash Rebirth and Green yeah. Lantern and then we switched and mixed and matched and ultimately uh, we settled on this because uh, there's been a couple of Green Lantern Rebirth shows from other shows recently so we didn't want to do the same thing. Uh, Ninhydrin is the compound used for detecting fingerprints. I looked okay. that up nice. just to see what the significance was. All the chemicals are lined up in exactly the same fashion as usual because I presume this is Barry's lab. Yeah, it's never actually signposted, but it's logical to assume well, he, that he says lightning strikes twice. Yeah, and the, the I love I love Ethan Van Skeever's out there with the black and red visual. Yeah, where he's glowing black and red. Well, is that not the colorist? Uh, it could be, but he will have said, "Make this black." 
Yeah. So it's either way, it's very effective that his skeleton's glowing red through his skin. I thought that was a really nice panel. I love the little neat touches like the statue. You can see like where all the metals attached together. When we see the, the flash celebration, yeah, like the statue, you can see where all the metals touching the. Yeah, it is. And... I see. I don't have a problem with the artwork. Is there any significance between the clock being six or three? I mean, other than Reverse Flash's obsession with time, which goes on throughout the story, is there any significance to it being six or three? I have no idea. Is there? A, is that deliberate? I don't, I don't know. It was is the this, time. That... It was the time Barry Allen got hit by lightning. lightning. But it wasn't in this. Was it what? I wrote the time down when we get to it in the notes. Okay. Because we'll, we'll, all right, we'll discuss that. Yeah, because he gets hit when week. he's going for the date with Iris. Yeah, but Shock S4. He gets well, hit in the daytime, doesn't he? Or in the early evening. the same with this. Anyway, well, <laughs> I've, I've written the time down. We'll get the... Why is it so dark at six, anyway? I don't know. Maybe the thunderstorm made everyone dark. Clouds do do that. Okay. So, you know, okay. Jones does do a fur job of playing fur with the reader. Reverse flash organising the chemicals in the correct order and knowing when the lightning will strike, enabling to, we presume, duplicate Barry's accident does give you a clue as the reader as to who this is. But like I said, I don't know that this was supposed to be a big mystery that it was reverse flash. Yeah. The, the, certainly John seems to be in love with him. If he's, he's run on the Flash prior to this with anything to go by. With Jeff Jones' run in particular, the reverse Flash was the beginning and the end of Barry Allen. And he, he does use him a lot in the Wally West. Have you not read any of that, have you? No, I, mean, I was just saying, he brings him back and at the beginning of Rebirth and then he's the very end of, of Flashpoint. Mm, right. Yes, he is, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, because he causes Flashpoint, doesn't he? Yeah. Reverse Flash? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I also kind of like the little... Um, touches of all the characters Johns brings back because as much as he loves Reverse Flash he, he loves the, the um, Justice Society even more yeah and I think Johns is the only modern writer who can bring a character like Ma Hunkle back <laughs> and make her work twice uh, see my thing with the Justice Society was I presume they wanted some new readers coming to this the whole yeah. point of bringing him back they don't go to any effort whatsoever to explain who any of these people are I mean, it does well, it matters. Jeff Jones is that kind of writer, isn't it? Contextually, you can kind of work it out mm. what, what they are. Especially I, when he's been built up, he's been building up his DC universe now. Mm. So he's brought in his Justice Society from his writing that. And from when he was writing that with David Goya. Yeah. Right. And okay. With, yeah. I love uh, everyone's reaction to him coming back. I liked the rogues line, we're going to need some more rogues. Mm. Which was very reminiscent of we're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. From Jaws. What was... Is that the Ragmaster on the last page? The Ragmaster? The Ragman. No, no, it's the Pied Piper, isn't it? Pied, yeah, right. What, what, what's he on about? Because there are a few lines of dialogue where he's, he's going back to old stories, but... Yeah, because the Pied Piper ended, was a good guy. Yeah. The Pied Piper turned good. And he did something to someone. Yeah. And because, sure. Oh God, I'm trying to remember. I've not read this that long ago. Jeff Johns is. He doesn't tell you. Yeah, there's no footnotes or anything. Mm. I'm trying to remember where the Pied Piper was left up when I finished the Jeff Johns run, and I can't for the life of me. It's another one of them that'll come to me when I'm editing. Yeah, and I go, "Why did I remember that when we were doing the show?" Yeah, I don't mind. Uh, Johns does love his continuity almost to a fault. So we get the first of many nods to Flash of Two Worlds. Yeah. Alright, did the crisis align these two events? Because originally they took place on two different Earths. Right. So has the crisis merged that into one event? Yeah. If Jay Garrick is now existing on our Earth? 
oh no because Christ on Earth still happened because everyone exactly but it. it can't crisis on two Earths can't have happened on two different Earths because the multiverse didn't exist anymore as a no. result of the crisis on infinite it Earths. does because of infinite crisis yeah, this so Infinite place. Crisis was prior to this. Yeah, because Jeez, this is after Final Crisis. Final Crisis... Brought back the multiverse. No, Infinite Crisis did. Final Crisis. Oh. Final Crisis simultaneously killed it off and brought it back. Right. So this now... So Flash of Two Worlds now does exist yes, because as a multiverse story Infinite again. Infinite Crisis brought the multiverse back. Right. Okay, fair enough. It does give Van Skeever an opportunity to redraw that famous cover. You will but he does it from times, a different angle, and they pay numerous homages hey, to Flash One, Two, Three. Don't I like it? seeing it from Jay Garrick's point of view. Yeah, it is. It's, it's the artwork's great. I've got no problem with the artwork. Nice foreshadowing as well. I only caught this on my second read through. Jay Garrick actually says Barry made me the Flash, yeah. which when we learn how all this turns out and how the Speed Force was created is literally true. Yeah. So I thought that was a nice touch that you you wouldn't catch on your first read through. Mm. It was only when I was reading it again to do synopsis and stuff. I like the characterisation of it, which is one of the things Jones is really good at. Yeah, I mean that's I'm going to go there into is, that a lot more later. There's nice know? character beats between him between, always calling him Mister Garrick, well, but Wally always calling him Jay. That's wrong. Right. He actually says Barry never called me Jay until Wally came around. It was always Mister Garrick, which you know he's emphasising Barry's square reputation yeah. but it isn't true Barry called him Jay in Flash 1, 2, 3 because I read that when we were going to, to the Silver Age it was a toss up between Showcase 4 and yeah. Flash 1, 2, 3 both important Silver Age stories and ultimately I went for Showcase 4 but I read Flash 1, 2, 3 and I went and looked it back up and he clearly calls him Jay in that story no, not in, in this universe he doesn't well that's what I'm, I'm saying it, did Crisis on Infinite of Earth rewrite the dialogue as well? Yes, yes it did. <laughs> is that your explanation for everything? Alright. Actually, we will come back to that, because it is quite clever Yeah. when we, we get there. Because obviously, bear in mind, I tended to read an issue. How I do it is I read an issue, then I go back and read it again while I do the synopsis and make notes. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll go back and read the whole thing again. So you do end up reading it a couple of times. So some of these notes were made before I knew how it all turned out. Right. But I've left them because they're interested in what your thought processes were mm. going through it to your thought process when you've read it as a, an entity and a gestalt. Yeah. So I usually read all of it beforehand. Do you? Yeah. So yeah, I'd do it the other way around. Anyway, fair enough. Speaking of his character beats, which you've mentioned, he does a really cool trick of having the character be introduced on the bottom of the previous page who appears on the top of the next page. Yeah. So he mentions Wally West... At the bottom there, and it's Wally West on the next page. You mentioned Jay Garrick, yeah. and then it's Jay Garrick. They mentioned Bart, Bart Allen, and, then, the and then it's Bart Allen. I thought that was really good, because it, it removes the need to do some unnecessary exposition, which is fortunate, Yeah, because there'll be plenty of exposition oh, yeah. later on. Flash exposition. Yeah, flash facts, obviously. Did you notice that there, there are loads of homages, including on the previous page, his drawing of Wally West is almost an exact homage to Michael Turner's... Yeah, that Michael Turner cover, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I didn't twig that, no, but now you point it out. Wally does look exactly like the Michael Turner cover. And there's loads more that I've... uh, All right, well, well, you can point them out as we go along, because I didn't didn't spot quite as many of them, probably. Uh, Over at the Teen Titans, Wally composed Barry as a mentor to Bruce Batman Wayne and Oliver Green Arrow Queen, which is... I 
that's a nice character bit. Yeah. The different reactions that the the charges have to the various mentors. Wally is excited by Barry's return, although he's drawn to be really miserable most of the time, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. It's like he doesn't seem to be enjoying the fact that he's got kids here. He doesn't seem to be enjoying that Wally's back. Yeah. His dialogue's, oh, I'm happy Barry's back, but his face is like, he's here, you are, isn't he? Yeah, well, Wally was always the jokey one whenever he was on Justice League. Yeah, it's, he, he wasn't quite as jokey in the comics, but he was a relatively light-hearted character. Yeah. And since having kids, it's just made him miserable. Well, having children <laughs> makes you miserable. You read it here first. But Alan, in contrast, does not want Barry back, because his loyalty is to his Flash, Wally West. It's hard not to see him as the audience avatar. Yeah. Especially that line. That line there, he's back. So what exactly did he sacrifice? He didn't sacrifice anything, did he? Because he's yeah. alive. But I he did. Yeah, but he did, but Bart is being the voice of the audience. Yeah. They're the ones that are saying, well, if you bring him back, he's not sacrificed anything. He also sounds really whiny, though. Jeff Johns seems to be really good at writing whiny characters. <laughs> He's Superboy Prime all over again. Was he a whiner as well? Oh, God, yeah. I need to read him. Infinite, Infinite Crisis, Crisis again. was unbearable yeah. at times because of him. Was it? Yeah. I don't remember anything about it. It does kind of undermine Crisis on Infinite Earths. Just well, bringing Barry back. I don't see it like that because you know? that still... He's back, but that still happened and he still sacrificed. He's lost 20... It still happened at this point. Yeah, but <laughs> it's not anymore. He's lost like 25 years of his life because of that, and he didn't know he was going to come back. He still died. He still sacrificed himself. Yeah, he was still willing to give his life. Yeah. For yeah, all right. and this is this this story shows that he doesn't even want to come back. No, it's the the story essentially is about him learning that. Well, I'm back now. Yeah. Let's make the most of it. That's what it's about essentially. Unfortunately, for three issues in the middle. Jeff seems to think that it's about the Speed Force. Yeah, the story does stop in the middle. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that as well. But Alan, for those that are unaware, is Barry's grandson from the future, which is pretty much all you need to know yeah. to read this. Because Bart's history, or backstory, because it's future history, isn't it, mm. can get really convoluted. Well, a lot of the time in this, they, they have a lot of characters... Uh, but they only mention the things you need to know and f- ignore the rest. Which is fair enough for this six-issue story. It shouldn't really be about any of them. I mean, I would argue a case none of these people need to be in it. They're just background characters. Yeah. No, I, I think it I does. think it should be about Barry. Just like Green Lantern Rebirth not only brought back Hal Jordan as Green Lantern, but it also brought back the entire Green Lantern core. I think this needed to bring back together the Flash family. Mm, okay. Alright. Uh, Iris Allen West, or is it Iris West Allen? No idea. It's, it's, I, it's Iris West Allen because. Because, yeah, alright, fair enough. Uh, Wally's aunt and Barry's wife is reintroduced. She looks a fur bit younger yeah. than from the Wally West series, where I got the impression she was in her 40s or older, and the crisis seems to be very good at giving people facelifts. Well, have you seen the outtakes Late, in the back? Later on, yeah. yeah. Well, it's mentioned in the story. Yeah, yeah, but the outtakes, the, the original drawing for that page was that she was much older. Right, and they changed it. Oh, yeah, so they did, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. But they do mention that, yes, yeah. The, 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 I'll talk about it later on, because we, we'll get there when we get there instead of jumping around all over the place. It also explains why Jay has been, like, a pensioner for 70 years. Yes, it does explain all that in yeah. the story, which either is adherence to continuity that's a step too far or a good explanation depending on your point of view same with Blackest Night when they talk about characters coming back from the dead 
Yes, and Blackest Night gets a reference in this as well. It does, which confused me a little. I read this as it's straight after Final Crisis and Blackest Night hasn't happened yet, and it worked until the very end when we see <laughs> a panel from Blackest Night, yeah. <laughs> uh, Barry is just talked about throughout most of the issue until you get to the big reveal where he stood in the Flash Museum. And there's some really cool um, panel layouts here and backgrounds. Yeah. When he's introduced, the Flash logo is in the background and we see all the flashes. Yes. When Hal and Barry walk in, the Brave and the Bold. And Which I presume is a reference to the Mark Wade Brave and the Bold series yeah. with that by Barry Kitson. Which was very good. I like that a great deal. I like the Flash Museum. I think it's it's a demonstration of how much Central City thinks of the hero. There's been a Flash Museum for God knows forever. It played a significant part in Wally's post-crisis series. And it being here serves two purposes. It allows Barry to catch up and it lets John's bathe in some continuity porn. Yeah. There are a lot of references here. I won't try and point them all out. Mike may get them. Obviously, there's three statues of the Flash, Jay Garrett, Barry Allen, Wally West, and Wally gets a Kid Flash statue as well. Mike's already mentioned the Mark Wed Brave and the Bold. I like there's a couple of covers, though, from yeah. the Wally West series, which possibly means that DC has a publishing division <laughs> in the DC universe, because that would make sense. Wally didn't have a secret identity. Yeah. So those comics could exist in the DC universe mm-hmm. until he did something that fixed it, that he did have a secret identity. Yeah. That, uh, the Brave and the Bold bit, yep. that Green Lantern uh, is a um, Ethan Van Skeever homage to Ethan Van Skeever's Green Lantern and Green Lantern Reaper. <laughs> homage to himself. Yeah. Is that what you're doing? Yes. Didn't we kind of say that's a bit masturbatory when Grant Morrison did it? Um, so we've got to have the same standards for Ethan Van Skeever. If he's masturbating <laughs> in homaging himself... Well, you could read it as it's just a Green Lantern, but that is Ethan Manskeever's Green Lantern costume. Right, okay. See, I didn't notice that because I've not read Green Lantern Rebirth in a while. Mm. I want to read that as well because I think we may do that one day. Yeah. We may get around to covering that as well. It's just like, And we'll finish Hulk Grey as well. <laughs> yeah. So we'll do all three of them eventually. We should do a series where we just call it We're doing the stuff we said we'd always do but never got around to. Yeah. <laughs> Batman Hush will be in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't do Wolverine anymore. Uh, we've already done we've that. We finally got around to that, yeah. Alan Barry's conversation, like like Michael, like you mentioned, the, the characterisation bits are, are the best bits because it lays out the different philosophies. John's excels at these character beats, which is why I wish there'd been more of them, especially mm. in issues two, three, and four. Barry's juxtaposition, yes, yes, we use the word juxtaposition, <laughs> between his life on the fast lane and the world Barry's entered and the more reflective state that Barry's in is well played. The fastest man alive is the only one who stands still and takes time to look around, which is a nice little ironic touch. Barry seems very low-key and melancholic, which will also be explained in story. Mm. So for people who only read issue one, and oh, baby, Barry miserable, it is actually explained yeah. as you go along. Always read the whole thing before you slag it off. <laughs> if it still sucks... Then that's, you can that's fair it enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have to tell you Hal Jordan's Green Lantern and he died and came back in a series called Rebirth. We don't have to mention that, do we? You also don't have to mention he was Parallax because he mentions it for you. <laughs> was he really? <laughs> I, I, he, he might be. Was Hal Jordan Parallax? What about a week ago. I don't think we've ever mentioned <laughs> that. A uh, lovely artistic touch. When Barry and Hal walk through the Hall of Rogues, Barry's shadow is that of the Flash. Yeah. Which I thought was really neat. And there's a, a lot of attention to detail has been paid subliminally 
to the reverse flash. He's yeah. on the cover that they walked past on the previous page. And he's, 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 oh, like he's behind Hal Jordan yeah. there. He's scowling over the backs of the heads in that panel. Yeah, I it's excellently well done, I thought, cluing you into the. But again, I don't know that that was a big mystery. Um, do you think was it when these were being published I think it was because we've only ever read this in collected form so yeah. uh, again flash ring because I love the flash ring people who say that that is silly are wrong quite frankly and finding the black flash dead is a big deal for long time readers new readers won't have a clue that black flash isn't actually a person He's the speed force equivalent of the Grim Reaper. And he appears when a speedster's about to die. First time I read this, I thought that was a Blackest Night gag. It was yeah. only when I went, no, that's Black Flash. Um, what they also mentioned, though, is there's a line of dialogue which you know contradicts Final Crisis completely. What? I can't remember where it was, but they so said... made notes. Of course they have. <laughs> they say that they use the Black Racer. It must be in the next issue, then. Yeah. They say they use the Black Racer to kill Darkseid when they didn't, because we saw the um, yeah the the Black Racer, not the Black Flash. Yeah. But they Are say you mixing they, them up. They say they use the Black Flash to kill Darkseid, because but they didn't, because we saw them use the Black Racer to kill Darkseid. However, I can't remember when it was, but DC have confirmed that death no matter whether it's the Black Flash or the Black Racer or Neil Gaiman's death, it's one entity. Right, and you just perceive it differently. Yeah. Right. So having them kill Black Racer off, they've killed loads of different characters. Do you characters mean Black Flash or Black Racer? Black Flash. Right, I'm conf- you're confusing <laughs> They shouldn't have the same name. <laughs> just call them the Racer and the other the, yeah. run, the Runner. So having killed off the Runner... <laughs> But isn't the racer a runner or is he a skier? The racer is a runner. What can you do? So having them kill off... The skier? The, the, the runner <laughs> means he also killed off the, 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 the skier. You're just confusing me now. Well, I've confused it too because uh, they, they, they contradict themselves twice within the same story. And it's by the same writer, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. So, yeah, okay. Well, Morrison did... The Final ski- crisis. Did the skier. Right. Johns did the runner. Johns did the... Although that's not the only time they contradict Final Crisis. Maybe the crises contradict each other by realigning Well, they time. don't, because remember the line where he got reverse-engineered by an unknown entity? Yes. Well, this, it's changed what brought him back, or at least it's confirmed what brought him back. Yes. So that's, that's <laughs> contradicted so as well. So Final Crisis 7 is contradicted by this. I think Johns doesn't like Morrison. I don't think it's a question of that. I think it's more a case of Jeff Johns wants to tell the story Jeff Johns wants to tell and everyone else can bugger off. It's one of the things <laughs> Isn't that, that also Morris? Yeah, it's like he, like he wants the continuity of his own stories but he doesn't care what everyone else is doing. I think that's more of a case of what it is. Um, we get a, lo- a little flashback. I was going to say a lovely little flashback but it involves the brutal murder of Barry Allen's a mother. Flashback. So. Yay, but so the word lovely may not be appropriate. Was this the first time the murder of Barry's mum was grafted onto the story? Is this a new development for I, this I series? It's, it's, it's very definitely a John's thing because that's a main plot point in his room. Right. And, well, I wrote that before we got to the end. Obviously it is. Yeah. Because as we learn at the end Flash of the story. Point. Yeah. This was just all build up to Flashpoint. Well, I don't believe that because I, I don't believe New 52 was planned with that amount of forethought. Have you read his um, thing at the back? Yeah. And this will all lead up to Flashpoint, the DC Universe 2011 event. Right, he does. 
Would you think that the 2011 event was supposed to be the new 52, though? I at least think this was... Flashpoint was planned, whether the new 52 was planned or not. Whether they just planned to do it as, like, a crisis realignment of certain things. If this Flashpoint was the zero hour... Yeah. ...of... And then somewhere yeah. along the line they've decided, no, we're just going to reboot everything. Yeah, right. zero hour became crisis. Right. All right, fair enough. Again, the the art where Barry touches Savitar... And uh, we get lovely little Vansky of a cross-cut between panels of Wally and the twins and Bart and Jay and Jesse Quick. That's wonderful. Yeah. His artwork is really good in this. I, uh, yeah, see, I don't agree with you that it's stiff. I think it's really quite impressive. No, I think it's good, but it's st- it's good stiff. Right, okay. Fair enough. All right. It's unusual that something so recent should now feel so nostalgic. <laughs> but since they relaunched the DC Universe a few years ago, this story, barely five years old, feels like the product of a bygone age. Set firmly within then-current DC continuity, but a few years before it would all be rebooted anyway. This is very definitely a post-naughties DC story, featuring no less than... Two brutal and on-panel deaths in three pages. Two off-panel ones, a desiccated corpse, a flashback to a brutal murder, and then the disintegration of a man within the space of one issue. And it was one of the reasons I'd kind of lost interest in DC at this point. It felt they were trying too hard to be edgy and to be adult. Despite this, and despite his trials, The Flash is a moderately sunny character without the layers of angst prevalent in Marvel and post-crisis DC heroes, so bringing Barry back seemed counterproductive. Still, Barry was the first character pre-crisis to have his wife murdered, and the trial did put him through a ringer, so it's not that the character has an unblemished record. And to be fair, Barry himself, despite being a lot more pensive, seems relatively unchanged, and one supposes this could come under the category of Dark and the World, not the character. Like most of John's work, this is a gripping read, even if there are a few problems. Taken on its own merits, this is an enjoyable story, but the aforementioned DC continuity does hamper if you're coming to this raw. Who are all these speedsters? Why are there two flashes? Who are the JSA? We, as comics readers, know the answers, or can guess within the context of the story, but it doesn't make it new reader-friendly, which is surely the point of bringing Barry back to return to the iconic version of the character. There is a fine line to be straddled when doing something like this, and Johns feels like he's preaching to the choir instead of pitching this at new people. Not a bad beginning, though, although this isn't written as single issues no. by any stretch of the imagination. This is very definitely a chopped-up graphic novel, isn't it? Yeah. It reads much better like this than I would imagine it ever read in single issues. We've got the paperback graphic novel rather than uh, the single issues. Did you like the first issue, or did you just talk about it generally? No, I did like the first issue better than the rest of it, because I liked Jeff Johns' continuity references. See, I like the end of it better than the beginning of it. I like the end of it too, but I like the beginning because of this. I d- I'm not so big on the middle. No, no, I think, we'll, I think we're of similar minds with regards to the middle. But I, the last two issues especially. Mm, very good. Yeah. Yeah, very, very good. Well, the cover to issue two is a mishmash of homages, firstly, to the first appearance of the Barry Allen Flash, showcase issue four, as he runs before a film strip. Within the film strip are other speedsters, Jay Garrick, Wally West and Bart Allen, all slowly dissolving into skeletons as they run, a nod to Barry's death in the crisis. Personally, I would have had that be the cover of the trade, as I, I think that's a much better cover than the one we got. Hmm. 
just my opinion. Yeah, I really like that one. Yeah, I think it's more eye-catching than the actual cover. The Variant is another variation on the theme of the ring ejaculating out <laughs> the costume. Barry doesn't look as demonic on this one, because he's actually smiling. Yeah. And his eyes aren't shooting out lightning. <laughs> I associate that with bad guys, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I do. Not with good guys. Dead Run. As the gorillas in Gorilla City start to panic in the Balkan Mountains, Christina Alexandrova, a high priestess to the speed lord Savitar, witnesses his disintegration at the same time as Flash, thanks to the speed force. Green Lantern finds Flash mulling over the crime scene and they postulate that Savitar must have tried to use Barry as a way out of his captivity in the speed force and it cost him his life. At home, Barry learns that the world thinks he has been in witness protection when Captain Fry arrives to inform Iris he could do with Barry's help. Barry declines, saying that the world has moved on. Barry struggles with the idea that he's remembered as some kind of saint, and he recalls his dedication to justice and science in a previous life, things that enabled him to put away criminals like the Mirror Master, but not the person who killed his mother. His father died in jail, and he himself stood trial for the murder of Professor Zoom. No saint at all, thinks Barry. A phone call reveals that all the speedsters suffered some kind of seizure at the exact moment Savitar died. The science behind the speed force is still unknown, sadly not for long, so Barry Flash and Wally Flash set out to investigate. They locate the dead body of Black Flash in Fallville, somebody say, or different Fallville, and Wally Flash tells Barry Flash he showed up whenever a speedster was about to die and joined the speed force. Alexandrova arrives kicking the bejesus out of Wally, but when Barry tries to touch her, her suit Superchar's nature causes another Speed Force-inspired feedback loop, and both Alexandrova and Wally convulse in pain. Alexandrova disintegrates in the same way Savitar did, as Barry undergoes a metamorphosis, becoming the new Black Flash. Gorilla City, home of megalomaniacal super-ape Gorilla Grodd, has cave paintings of the Flash. It is being amended by the gorilla equivalent of Van Skeever, who is adding black lightning to the Barry Allen painting. He then draws a line from Barry to Savitar and scribbles Savitar's face out. Symbolism much? <laughs> we never find out what all this is about, do we? But there's a lot of things we never yeah, find out. All yeah, all this Gorilla City stuff. It's. I think it's all set up for his... Manipul run. Did, how long did that run? 20 or so issues. Right, okay. Did he ever answer actually, any of these I think questions? it might have been 12, actually. Was it, was it two trade paperback? Yeah. All right, fair enough. Uh, riding the Lightning, which crops up on page two, is uh, first crops up in Mad Wade's run, Those Who Ride the Lightning. Because I think a Mark Wade is a... Alexandrova gets caught up in the Speed Force and sees Savitar die, with the Flash implying that the Speed Force is in all places at all times, provided that you can tap into it. This is called foreshadowing. (laughs) Is it not? You always liked it when I begged. Yeah. Is that really a woman on her knees, on all fours, saying that to a man? Because that's a pretty dark line. Uh, I read that as a Johnsism. Did you? Yes. Right. And what would be a Johnsism? The new all rapey, all brutal, all murder DC. So basically, you're saying Savitar abuses this woman? Um, maybe not. Okay, I guess the word would be abuses actually. Yeah. So she's a bit of a, a Harley Quinn type. Yeah. Right. Okay, for because I didn't know who this was. I didn't know who this was. Right. All right. Fair enough. I thought I, thought I was missing something. That's why I was happy reading it as a Johnsism because I didn't know any background. All right. So it may have some background that we're not aware of. Yeah. So we may be being unfair to the man there. Right, no. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> was that no? No, I don't think so. No, I don't. <laughs> 
remember the issue of Blackest Night. Uh, yes, yes, I do. Uh, Barry running and thus tapping into the Speed Force allowed Sabotar to ride his waves out of it. The fact that all the other speedsters experienced some convulsions at this point implied to me that Barry was the cause of this when I first read it. And I thought at the end of this story, I honestly thought they would eliminate the Speed Force and Barry would be the only speedster. I thought that was the way they were going with this when I first read it. Right. Uh, The flashback scenes were quite quaint. Yeah. Where Barry is back in his lab in some indeterminate amount of time ago. Mm. And he's in uh, court giving evidence uh, that puts away Sam Scudder, the man who will become the Mirror Master. Barry's a bit of a squirr, which ties into his Silver Age portrayal, so Jones isn't changing his personality too much. I did like the gag about flashing before my eyes. Yeah. Uh, one of many puns mm. in this issue that I thought were quite funny. They also retroactively introduced Patty Spivot. They do. Was Patty Spivot not... Patty Spivot was part of the continuity before, wasn't she? I don't think she was. I think she was a John's character. I thought she was older than that. I don't remember her... Because I, I know she's a, a main character in the Manipul run. Yeah, she is. She's his girlfriend in the Manipul run, isn't she? No, that's that's... She is in post flashpoint. Oh, point. indeed. So in New Fifty Two, she's his girlfriend. Yeah, right. Pre flashpoint, she was the other woman who Iris didn't like. Right. Okay. Fair enough. So you think somebody who writes it preferred Patty Spivot to Iris, and now they've got their own one? Yes. Is that what you think? I, I think that is. All right. Again, Johns loves his continuity, except when he doesn't. Irish used to work for the Picture News rather than the Central City Citizen. And there are many pre-crisis stories where Henry Allen was alive after Barry became The Flash. As the story turns out, one of these things will be explained. Mm. How the other is altered is just beyond me. (laughs) I don't get how you can change time, and by changing time you change events that happened from before. You change time. Um, I don't get how we, I don't, or even why you would change which paper she works for. Post crisis. Why would Reverse Flash do that? Post crisis. All right. The, the crisis on Infinite Earths made it. Yeah, so yeah. She never worked for the uh, central, the picture news. She Sorry. did. She always worked for the centrals. The crisis on Infinite Earth is such a catch-all. She might have, but not the way you remember it. <laughs> Pretty much anything is not the way I remember it. I wouldn't have thought. Barry's origin is given here. And you know, when I first read this, I was so disappointed. Disappointed, sorry. The lightning crackles outside his building. It's about 9pm because we get a shot of the clock. So it's 9 at night when he gets hit by the lightning. And that's it. We don't see the lightning hit the chemicals or hit Barry or anything. And I was quite disappointed. However... This gets paid off later on. Well, In a, a way, they did make me go, alright, okay, fair play. There's a lot of bits like that, though. They have half flashbacks just dotted around. Yes. And I, I honestly thought, though, that this was going to be the origin of The Flash. Yeah. And when we didn't get it here, I got a bit disappointed by it. But how it all turned out at the end was much better. In showcase number four, that we covered a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago? It was early evening when he gets hit by the lightning, wasn't it? It was dark outside. Because, if memory so I mean, it could just be the way that story was told, but he, he's having dinner. Yeah. And then it goes back. It's a short list, so no amount of time is given. But it's outside, it's starting to go dark. So it was, I suppose it depends what time of year it was. It could have been 9 o'clock at night. 
It was dark anyway. I mean, well, the thing is, they're going out for a meal. Yeah, but obviously in Showcase 4, he was already dating her yeah. when he became the Flash. They're still going out for a meal. Whereas in this retelling, well, he doesn't know, he doesn't see her on the day he becomes the Flash. Oh, he stops yeah, yeah, off yeah. on the way home to get a bite to eat because he's hungry. Yeah. But he doesn't meet Iris until the next day. Whereas in this, he's not dating Iris when he becomes the Flash. Yeah. So again, it's him, he likes his continuity, but I'll change it when I want. Fair enough. And we're just going to say, Crisis! Or yeah. Reverse Flash. It kinda, uh, it's kind of nice in the story of how that date ties into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not a, a change that bugged me or anything. Mm. It's just... I do think if you're going to be slavish to continuity, then be slavish to continuity. Don't just change bits of it because it suits your needs. Yeah. But you can argue that in the course of this story, that's the whole point of the story. Reverse Flash has changed stuff. Mm. So... Alright, fair enough. Captain Fry mentions that Barry doesn't look a day older than when he died, when we cut back to the present day. Iris likewise seems to have had a makeover, as I mentioned. Barry not ageing is explained by the Speed Force. When he was trapped in the Speed Force, he didn't age, so that's fair enough. But Iris has continued to live her life, so she should be a lot older. Yeah. This will be explained. (laughs) Barry saying that he was up to speed. Come on, that was funny. Yeah. I laughed. Raft. (laughs) <laughs> so what are those um, what the stories are they referencing though they have the trial of the flash but which was the one where they went to the future that was how Flash's series ended right okay he went to the future with Iris Allen and retired right. and lived happily ever after until he was brought back in by the crisis on infinite earths right so that's how Flash's series ended okay Barry mentions Flash Fact, which was little pseudo-scientific nuggets Julie Schwartz used to sneak into the comics back in the 50s and 60s so that's a little meta nod. I like flash facts. Flash facts. Jeff Jones uses them an awful lot. Does he? Yes. That's some genuine ones. Yes. Genuine scientific well, flash facts. So does Manipul as well in his new Yes, Manipul does. I remember Manipul doing it. Flash fact. If I run this fast and good... Yeah. Did Darwin Cook do it in New Frontier? I think he did, yeah. yeah. I think he did a flash fact as well. As the speedsters discuss the events that caused the convulsions in Granilla City, the gorillas are drawing lines that links the speedsters together before amending the Barry Allen drawing to be in a black costume. I love the Black Flash's costume. Yeah. I think that's a fantastic costume. Uh, I presume that although Van Skeever does a pretty good job of drawing Wally and Barry's costumes differently... So you can tell them apart. I presume Wally gets his cowl ripped was just to reduce confusion of who's who. I I could always tell by the belts, which yeah. is why I, I, I've, it's always annoyed me why people give the wrong flash the wrong belt. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. The costumes are, are different enough, yeah, that you can tell. But I suppose it does make identification much easier, doesn't it? If Wally's got his cowl ripped, mm. I presume that's that's the reason for it. The best example I've ever seen of having two characters in the same uniform told differently is in Batman and Robin when Bruce Wayne comes back and he stood back to back with. Uh, Dick Grayson as Batman and it was either Chris Burnham, Burnham or Cameron Stewart did a great job of showing of making it clear the two different people right I've just started reading The Black Mirror I read yeah. the first five issues so good yeah. so very very good uh, the second chapter of this story because we're not talking about Black, Black Mirror today plays up more of the backstory of Barry and his mother's death with the new wrinkle that his father died in prison to be honest I found all this backstory to be far more interesting than the main story, which goes off the rails a little bit. John seems to be building a mystery about Barry's return and his links to the Speed Force, but as I said at the top of the show, the Speed Force to me always caused more problems than it solved. I was able to ignore that when reading the 90s Flash, as the stories were, for the most part, 
good enough that I could just roll with it. But when a story is about the Speed Force, I kind of just glaze over. Mm. It's not... It doesn't help that I think the Speed Force has always been quite nebulous, and John's is at least acknowledging this in the story. But so far I also feel that the continuity is hampering the tale, what should be a simple tale of Barry's return, is too enmeshed in all this other stuff that's happened in the Flash title since his death. And really, of all the comics DC published after the crisis, Flash was the one that changed and developed the most. New characters and situations were introduced. Wally went through some startling changes, and bringing Barry back does kind of undermine Wally and his supporting cast's development. They did an awful lot of change in that book. Still, we're dealing with Professor Zoom, Reverse Flash, Eobard Thorpe, whatever, and he's messed around with time so much at this point. You don't really know what's real anymore. Well, we don't know that yet. No, we don't know that yet, but as we're going through and going, well, that doesn't jive with some comic that was published in 1957. You know, I actually really like The Speed Force. Do you? Yeah. I just... I didn't care about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I just didn't care. Well, I've always read it as this really scurry entity that they're all connected to and none of them can escape from it and it's always after them. Do you think the Speed Force works? To be honest, I must have ever read of the Speed Forces in this, and I thought it was really cool. You really should read Jeff Jones' Flash Run, even if you don't read the rest of it. Matt Wade's run's brilliant. Yeah. But Jeff Jones' run is pretty damn good. You should dig all that out. I really like the, the Manipul stuff. Yeah, I liked the Manipul stuff. I thought that was quite good as well. The new 52 stuff. Yeah. Uh, two covers for issue three show the Flash racing Superman. And the second cover is Wally Bart and Jay fighting a contorted black flash. It's nice to see the covers reflecting the interiors. The Superman cover especially conjures up images of the old Superman Flash races. Which they even mention. Which they even mention, yeah. Both of them are, you know, both of them are alright. Yeah, Superman one's my favourite. Yeah, Superman one's better. I don't know that I... What do you think of the Flash running covered in lightning? It's, they play around with it, they brought it up a lot recently. Yeah. The... You when, think the TV show's going to do that? No. When Skeever does it, there's a lot of lightning around, and when Manipul did it, the lines on his costume lit up. Right. Which was a really cool visual. Yes. Mm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right, okay, rearview mirror. Barry is burning through the speed force at an unquantifiable rate, and these dead fuel cells are creating the black aura around him. Barry decides enough is enough and asks to be let out of the canister cell the Justice League have placed him in. Then he runs. Faster than light, faster than Superman. Barry plans on running back into the Speed Force, but as he does, time ruptures. He witnesses his return and his death, his trial and his friends, his greatest loss and his greatest love. His birth is the final thing he sees as he explodes back into the Speed Force, where he witnesses the death of Johnny Quick, Jesse's father. Max Mercury is also there, as is the man ultimately responsible. Reverse Flash. The opening page has a number of Flash puppets, presumably something to do with Abracadabra, mm. as the puppets are all burnt black. Symbolism! Well, it was another one of those scenes where they've just mentioned something and left it. Yeah, this has no payoff. Yeah. Does it? Throughout the issue. In fact, there's a very real reason for it to be, though, mm. to be honest with you. Well, you know, whatever. Jesse Quick was featured a lot in the Wally West Flash run, but has lost her connection to the Speed Force, or at least it's been dialed down a lot. It was pretty clever and tied into what we'll learn later that Jesse sees her father in the Speed Force, 
and ties into the idea that we will learn that the speed force is everywhere all at once. Because mm. the scene that she sees here doesn't happen until the end of the issue. Yeah. Oh, that was good. Mm. That was that was much better than... Oh, the speed force works like this, which I could not care less about. I quite like this little scene. Yeah. I, I quite like Liberty Bell, though. Is, is she Jesse Quick? Yeah. Right. See, I just I don't remember her being called Liberty Bell in the Flash. Maybe she was. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I just re- remember her being Jesse in Quick. the Justice League, Justice Society stuff. I've read she was. Yeah. All well, right. Maybe she changed the name. Was she on the Justice Society? Well, I don't she know. she takes after her mum. She's got the same costume. Fair enough. Remember that canister bell that the Justice League have contained Barry in. Yes. That will come in useful later. When they just stupidly leave it lying around with all that technology. Uh, no, they don't leave it lying around. He drops... Re- oh, we'll, we'll get to that, but he, re- he drops reverse flash off at this point in time. Right, the Justice yeah. League are all still there. Yeah. It's actually very clever, I thought. But we'll get to that. We're very good at teasing today, aren't we? We're very good at teasing after we've ruined it. Yeah, well... Basically, if you listen to this, we're going to ruin it for you. Yeah. So, you know, I hope you've all read it, lovely listener. Poor Jay Garrick, the Geordie LaForge of Flash Rebirth, <laughs> gets to stand around delivering stultifying techno babble about the Speed Force and try to make us cur. Yeah. God, he's, he's got a thankless job, hasn't he? I like the scene where um, Barry's in the tank and Iris is talking to him, and in the three panels, he gets more and more lightning. Yeah. Page before this. Yeah, the the stuff in the tank is... So is it his emotion, his connection to Iris is causing the speed force to go fritzy? Yeah, I'm sure. Or the so. negative speed force, yeah. as we will learn, is what it is. Because he starts using Iris as his lightning rod. Yeah, which essentially Wally did that with um, Linda. Yeah. All the time. I, I really like the, the Barry and Iris, which is... The, probably the only thing I don't like about New 52 Flash. That they've got rid of Iris. Yeah, and I liked them too. They well, were, we can't have people in a happy relationship. Dan DiDio said so. They were a superhero... Couple. M- ...married couple that worked. Mm. It didn't work with Superman, but it worked with... I think it worked okay with Superman. When it was written well, yeah. it worked okay with Superman. But... I think Barry and Iris was the perfect example of a... Of one, one that could actually work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, I was a little bit confused by this flashback that we get here, right? We see Barry meeting Iris for a date. Presumably yeah. the one that she asked him out on during the flashback last issue. Yeah. That he was late for when the lightning hit him, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's nine o'clock at night where he was supposed to meet Iris. Barry, however, is wearing a different suit here. Because she clearly says, much too late that I shouldn't still be sitting here. So he's late for this date. Yeah. There is no mention here that this is a different date. No, this is the same one because she buys him the bow tie. Right. Okay. So he's wearing a different coloured suit for a start. Also, there's a nod to Showcase 4 where he catches the food. The waiter's walking past and he drops it. So... And it's sausages again? No, it's not. No, it's oh, meat and chicken I just, and I just something like that. things in the glasses. My confusion stems from two places. It, was this the same day in the first date? Yes. Was that your interpretation of it? Right. Because yeah. Barry does call her Miss West, which implies that they've only just met, or yeah. there's still some distance between the two. Does this now replace Showcase 4, where Barry and Iris were already dating? Yeah. Right. Because if you're going to do gratuitous continuity references... Then changing the goalposts as to what constitutes continuity seems rather irritating. Mm. Even with the ultimate resolution of this story, timey wimey, I don't see how some of the events would have been altered no matter what Reverse Flash did. 
by killing Barry's mum, he may have actually made it so he never met Iris. Because mm. he changed a pivotal event in Barry's life that would have had a, a domino effect, wouldn't it? Yeah, but does it get to the point where you're confusing pre- and post-crisis continuity Oh, well, I do that all the time, with anyway. what Reverse Flash is doing? Because they're two completely different things. And yeah, well, so see, that's is, the thing. What is, what is post and pre anymore? Does I, any of it even matter I just anymore? took this as a, a post-crisis change. Well, you can also interpret it as when this story gets to an end, you realise how much Reverse Flash has messed around with time. Well, the knock-on effect of that meant he met Iris at a different time. But he still met her. I only read something as Reverse Flash doing it if they specifically pointed out that Reverse Flash changed it. Right. And the rest of it, I assumed, was just a but change. But there must be d- domino effect. The Barry Allen that grew up without his mum yeah. and met Iris will be a completely different person to the Barry Allen that grew up with his mum and met Iris. Do you see what I mean? The, the, the meeting, your meeting with a certain person is, is predicated on other events happening that brings you into that person's orbit. But is it not also another one of those things where no matter what Superman's backstory is, he's still Superman, no matter what happens with Batman so and the, Bruce Wayne? So the, the Mark Weisinger effect, yeah. everything will ultimately end up where it was supposed to end up, yeah. but how you get there is different. Yeah. When he used to do all those imaginary stories in the 50s, they would always end up basically where they should end up. Yeah. But the, the route to that may have been slightly off-skew from what you were not used to. Hmm. Alright, so basically Barry was predetermined to meet Iris. Yeah. Alright, okay, I can go with that. Because as you said, they were one of the few comics married couple that worked. Yeah. So maybe it was predestined. That because. and who's reverse Flash going to kill if Iris isn't there? That's true, yeah. Um, Superman references the deaths of John Johns, Aquaman and Batman. Yes. They all got better. They did. <laughs> I don't have an issue here with Flash being faster than Superman. He is, you know, the fastest man alive. He can't be that if Superman's faster than him. Yeah. So, all right. I have no problem with that. They run up the Daily Planet as well. They run up the Daily Planet building, which is funny. The idea that the Flash has been holding back all these years because they were running for charity. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure not all those races were for charity. That just seems a chance to make Superman look like a bit of a chump. It's Flash's title, so I gave it to them. Yeah, well, that's bit, that's the principle of who would win in a fight between, isn't it? Yeah. If it's a Flash comic and he races Superman, it's Flash gonna is going to win. If, if it's, it's a Superman, Superman comic, Superman will win. But I did. I personally, I like the line of dialogue. Those are all for charity, and him just running off. It's it's a good beat. I think it makes Superman look a bit stupid. Well, it's one of those things where Superman always looks stupid in a story that isn't about Superman. It's the same with Johns's Green Lantern. It's just. He's, he's, he's sometimes there, but he doesn't have any dialogue, and he's, he's, he's stiff as wood and buggers off. Is it the same as the Justice League cartoon, were to show how tough somebody was? They would just have them beat on Superman. Yeah. And there's a row of early episodes where a new villain shows up, and he's and he beats beat on yeah. Superman. There's like four or five episodes in a row where you're like, Superman just keeps getting beat up in this show, doesn't he? Is he really all that good? Yeah. Maybe he's not what he's cracked up to be, <laughs> obviously. Or it's bad writing, you decide. More references to past events. As Barry races out of the Speed Force, in addition to the usual touchstones, we see Barry's birth. This is interesting, because Barry was revealed to have been a twin in Flash issue 144. The Doctor, not that one, told the Allens the twin was stillborn, but he had in fact given it to another couple, because he was drunk and he had killed their baby. 
So he didn't. What he did was swap a them over. Story. Yeah. He swapped them over and said that Barry's twin was dead right. and gave the twin to the other couple so he wouldn't get done for malpractice. That child, doesn't he grow up to be some Eobard Thorne? I've not. Or he grows up to be a relation of Eobard Thorne? I'm trying to remember what the story was. I think it's. Is it a Jeff Johns issue that? Or is it a Mark Waid one? I don't know. I can't remember. Because I, I, I was remembering the road to Flashpoint then, but it is Reverse Flash who pretends to be other Barry Allen. Right. Okay, okay. Uh, he also runs faster and faster and faster and faster into the Speed Force and his connection to Earth. He's Iris's name. Yes. He's Iris's name because Barry Wally, sorry, used to do that all the time with Linda in his stories. I, I like those. I really like those two pages of him slowly losing his life. And the art as well, where he keeps stretching the faster he runs, which mm. is a neat little art trick. Yeah, the, the art's brilliant. I really like the art. I can't... I, I'm I'm at a loss that you're not liking something Van Skeever's done. No, I really like it. I just don't think he's as good on the Flash as Green Lantern yeah. or Batman. Yeah. All right, well, that's fair enough. Big Bad's revealed as Reverse Flash. Wasn't really that big of a shock. I guess I would imagine. Um, yeah, this is actually quite a limited story. Hence the short synopsis. There's some connection with Jesse Quick's dad, which Johns makes no effort to explain to people who don't know who Johnny Quick is. There's lots of double talk pseudoscience that doesn't mean anything because to Speed Force, like the Nexus in Star Trek, is pure fantasy. Mm. What was the Nexus? It's like being inside Joy, guy, and says, "What does that even mean?" <laughs> Like being inside joy, my ass. It's not that I'm against the return of Barry Allen, but I want it wrapped around a story I care about, and he seems to have gone off the rails a bit in delving into the science of the Speed Force, doesn't he? Um, I, I, I think it works. I'm just not interested in all the Speed Force stuff. Uh, no, I, I think it works as tying all the Flash things together and re, re <laughs> fixing the Flash family. No, right, okay, it's. To, to, to his credit, he does try. There are some nice character moments, and Barry grounding himself by remembering Iris is sweet. But this middle bit's not a story about Barry. It's about the Speed Force. But it's also heavily relying on those character moments. Yeah, and well, also, and ultimately, we will learn that Barry is the Speed Force. Barry created, not is, but he created the Speed Force. So your complaints about it not focusing on Barry? Yeah, ultimately, the ultimately <laughs> they, they do end up being wrong. Yeah. Kind of. But I still stand by my opinion that the middle three issues are just stultifying technobabble that doesn't mean anything well, they're wrapped in, up with a few good character beats and they're in the speed force for a good three or yeah, four issues in, well this entire next issue they're inside the speed force yeah and I'm just like oh this started off so well Is it now it's not very good how do you stay inside the speed force but not move I was I always assumed you had to stay running to be in it I have no idea how the speed even having read this I have no idea how the speed force works yeah. is, it, is it like the the Reach the wall and the authority. I, just, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I just I didn't care enough about the speed force it to give a damn. I wanted like this to be more about Barry. I wanted it to be more about his loss. I wanted it to be more about his feelings upon his return. How he fitted back in the superior community. I just feel he's he's got so enmeshed in explaining what the speed force is. He's lost his way a little bit. I, I, I kind of disagree. Right. I think this is as much of a sequel to Final Crisis um, as it is to Rebirth. And it's doing the same thing Rebirth did, was it's reintroducing everything. Which I don't mind if he does it in a story that isn't 
And the science of the speed force is this. And Andrew goes, I don't care. I, I, I didn't think it was too much focused on the speed force. I thought it was more on... I, th- I, th- I thought it was more focused on Barry's past being changed by Reverse Flash, uh, whether he knows it or not. Alright, okay. Fair enough, we'll carry on then. Number four has a couple of pretty good covers. The Reverse Flash emblem is struck down the middle by a flash that shows Barry dropping chemicals. In the Flash of Lightning, Barry is dressed as the Flash. Visually, very interesting cover. Yes, that's my favourite of the two. Is it? Yeah. I like that one as well. I think that one's really good. The second cover shows Reverse Flash stood in the Speed Force, holding his cane as Johnny Quick's body disintegrates around him. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> I just stand around and pose. Just stand around in the Speed Force and not really do anything. Flash facts. Professor Eobard Thorne, a.k.a. Reverse Flash, explains that Barry is in the negative Speed Force created by him. For every positive, there has to be a negative. Eobard was disgusted when, upon his own resurrection, he learned Barry was dead, having given his life to save the universe. He discovered, however, that Barry wasn't dead. Merely evolved into an enlightened being that was one with the Speed Force. Eobard learned of Barry's consciousness, and when it coalesced to save Bart Allen from death, he was able to send a subliminal impulse... Into the Speed Force to inform Barry of a new ultimate evil threatening the Allen and West families. With this, Eobard was able to draw Barry out, but he was infected by Eobard's own negative Speed Force he created when he transformed himself into a different kind of speedster. With Barry so contaminated and converted into Black Flash, he was supposed to kill his family with but a touch, as he did Savitar. But Barry managed to burn off the negative energy and enter the negative Speed Force, which is where he finds himself now. Well, says Eobard, if you want something doing, and he disappears. Back in Fallville, Wally says he's going after Barry. Jay and Bart tell him Max Mercury never returned from that wretched place, but Wally says as long as he has Linda Park, his wife, he'll always come home from the Speed Force. At Wally's home, Eobard Thorne steps out of the negative Speed Force to confront Wally's daughter. Back in the negative Speed Force, Max tells Barry that when he gained his powers, he didn't just tap into the Speed Force, he created it. As Barry ran a dimensional wall between the present and the time Barry was created, and it touches every part of reality in every era in every dimension. If Eobard isn't stopped, the negative Speed Force will eat the Speed Force, ultimately destroying it. As Wally, Bart and the others take on Thorn at Wally's house, Barry manages to run faster, faster, breaking through the negative Speed Force, dragging Max with him. Free and clear, Barry, Wally, Bart, Jay and Max prepare to tackle the Reverse Flash. And I am so bored of saying Speed Force. (laughs) Whilst the first five pages of this chapter are almost entirely expositional, I know, it's exposition, it's got to go somewhere, all credit to Johns for slipping in some fourth wall breaking in Zoom's dialogue. His reference of Barry being a boring lab rat defined by a single event and his story being over. I thought they were quite clever. Nod to uh, to real life. As with Jay last issue, Zoom's techno-babble explanation of how the Speed Force works is yawn-inducing, and yet his explanation to how Zoom pulled all this off is actually quite woolly. Yeah. This is the page after page after page explaining the Speed Force and the negative Speed Force, and Barry created it, and Reverse Class created it, and then how Eobard pulled all of this off is just kind of say, oh, he, he did. He just managed it, <laughs> yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Just kind of tossed off casually. What issues did they mention on that page? Because that looks awfully familiar. Because that looks really 
Oh, uh, I know where it's from. Where is it from? Infinite Crisis. That's, that's not Superman, that's Superboy. Only you wouldn't know that from the art, would you? No. He doesn't look like Superboy. Because, yeah. They, Barry Allen and Johnny Quick grab Superboy yeah. before he can kill Bart, and they drag him into the Speed Force, and he escapes from the Speed Force with some Speed Force energy, I think, and the anti-monitor's armor. Right. And the other panel was Final Crisis. A lot of Final Crisis references, there. Like, he came back in Final yes. Crisis. Fair enough. Uh, again, all credits to John for the scene where Zoom appears at the West family home. In addition to spearing a clock, his fascination with time coming to the fore again, his absolutely chilling line, Is your mother home? was utterly chilling. I loved that bit. I want more of that. Yeah. I want more of this. Not all this Speed Force cack. Sadly, this wonderfully creepy moment is spoiled by another page of techno babble about how the Speed Force was created. Yeah. Oh, did you notice the um, reverse flash statue? What? Well, oh, yeah. I too could have reverse flash. It does look Justice like a reverse Society. flash statue, yeah. Maybe it was a flash statue. Why would the Justice Society have a reverse flash but statue? But why would the flash statue have such a creepy smile? I've, maybe it was just bad sculpting. <laughs> maybe Alicia Masters was busy that day, so they got somebody else to do it. Or they did use Alicia Masters. Or they did use Alicia, yeah. That's perfectly okay. Uh, Johns has learned from the Terminator. If you have to deliver a shed load of exposition, deliver it in the middle of a chase scene. The page where Barry is running out of the negative speed force whilst Wally is simultaneously running into it is masterfully designed. Both running in opposite directions on the same page. I'm trying to see where it is. Barry's running to the left and Wally's running to the right, which is pretty damn good. But also really good, but for different reasons. The two-page splash where Bart and Jay just punch Zoom's lights out. Jay bitch-slaps him. Oh, yeah. Backhand, though. He totally does backslap him, doesn't he? Because I love as well uh, his hands there and then his hands there. Yeah. So it's one of those (laughs) super speed slaps. Well, there's a lot of that where they'd show the same of them in different movements like though you can see reverse flash and jay yeah he's whisting round yeah it's very good i think yeah, that's pretty damn good um but sadly for the most part this issue was just exposition overload in addition to the sheer amount of characters in the story john's now adds the extra wrinkle of feeling the need to explain the speed force but if that's not enough he then adds another speed force a negative one to what is already an overcomplicated scenario. There are many nice nods to the past, but one can't escape the fact that you not think he's explaining stuff here that doesn't need explaining. He does seem to be one of those writers that feels the need to explain everything. John Burnisms. Yeah, Clue and Marv Wolfman and Len Wein, they were just as guilty of this. They cluing in the audience to stuff that they may not care about. Mm. You know, Barry becoming a forensic scientist is now due to the death of his mum. As opposed to, well, that's just his job. Doesn't I, really matter. I like it that he is now because of his mum. Because it, some things are, are, are better from having a reason why. I mean, I get I get that having Barry be the originator of the Speed Force means he's connected to all the other speedsters. Yeah. But I don't know. I felt it kind of muddied it up a bit. I, I don't know. It makes the original seem that much more important. I suppose so. I suppose that's, that's quite accurate. It does need more moments where Barry tells Max that Max does have an anchor. It needed more character scenes mm. in this issue. And the the wonderfully tense scene where Reverse Flash arrives at Wally's house is yeah. brilliant. It's really creepy. 
and I just got bored of all the Speed Force exposition and it pains me to say this but it's one of those instances where you realise Dandy Dio had a point try explaining this to people who don't read comics the thing is would you give Flash Rebirth to someone who doesn't read comics well, that's, I don't know surely the whole point of this was to reintroduce people to the Flash who aren't necessarily comics readers or are they given up on trying to get new readers at this point but for the most part it's an epilogue to everything else exactly and this all just messes it up it's, it should just be a very simple idea man gets hit by chemical thanks to lightning strike man can now do stuff really really fast you're saying that but this was also the foundation for the new TV show and that's what I mean Green Lantern is Rebirth is just as complicated and convoluted and yet that spawned the most successful run on Green Lantern that was also the foundation of a movie it might not have been a very good movie well see with the TV show though I mean we don't know where the TV show is going to go yet but do you think they're going to have the Speed Force in the TV show I do hope I think the Speed Force is something that only works in comics like Galactus yeah well Jeff Johns is working on the TV show and he's never wanted to let an idea of his go yeah. So it's entirely possible the TV show is going to have the Speed Force in it. His episodes of Smallville were alright. His episodes of Smallville were great. So Absolutely maybe they could with. make it work. I, well, we'll see, you know. I, I, there's a part of me that just thinks this, this feels a bit fan wankery in how clever it all is. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Avengers Forever, which was another, oh, best Avengers story ever. And I just thought it was too interested in being clever in linking all these disparate continuity elements together. Yeah. But then it forgot to tell a decent story. I got bored of Avengers Forever. So it's more pandering to its fan base yeah. actually telling a story. It's more interested in showing how clever I am as a writer that I've managed to weave all these continuity elements together into a cohesive whole as if they were always meant to be like that. Yeah. Rather than it is interested in telling me a good story. I mean, this isn't as boring as Avengers Forever. At least this is readable. I gave up on Avengers Forever. I just thought it was duller than dirt. (laughs) And I love Kurt Busiek. Yeah. But it was just like, in Avengers 96, this was said, and it was contradicting in Avengers 167. This is why. Actually, this is why. And I just, I don't give a toss. Yeah. I don't care. Honestly, don't care. Uh, Yeah, at least this is still readable and and moderately enjoyable, but the exposition-laden stuff about the Speed Force is starting to bore the pants off me. Mm. Fortunately... Issue 5 is turning a corner. Another homage to issue 123 is the cover. Mm. We'll get bored of them one day. But I really like this. It's so cool. Yeah. Especially when you look down and the guy who was yeah. supposed to be rescued. The guy who was supposed to rescue is crushed under the girder. Yeah. And instead of being Jay Garrick on the other side of the wall, it's Professor Zoom. And he's zooming around the wall and punching. So he's on the other side of the wall at the same time as punching him. Yeah. Because that's really quick. And if you have a look over there, Jay Garrick's on the floor. Oh, yeah. So the implication there is he's punched Jay Garrick's lights out, yeah. gone back in time, and an altered event. Because of that punch, that guy's now crushed. Yeah. Very, very... It's a good cover. I like that one. Uh, the other cover was Max Mercury and Bart, Kid Flash, running. Boring. Uh, very yeah. Michael Turner. Yeah. But well, like, boring. Like the last one with uh, Reverse Flash, I think that was just a character concept synopsis bio thing. Could have been. You know, like in the the Secret Origins uh, one-offs they used to do, yeah, where they would have a, a pin-up and little bios next to it. That's just one of those. Yes, it is. It's dull. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't look like Skeever, although a lot of the past few issues look like a different inker. Maybe it is, but no inkers credited, are they? No. There's a colorist credited, but no inkers credited. Because that does look very unlike Skeever. Yeah. 
Uh, Mother, may I, as the extended Flash family prepare to take down Reverse Flash while his kids are being eaten up by the Speed Force. With the aid of Jesse Quick, Iris Allen Jr., or Iray, uh, absorbs the Speed Force from her brother, severing his ties but solidifying her own. Then the all-new Impulse, as Iris calls herself, and Jesse join the battle. Reverse Flash, however, wants this to be up close and personal between he and Barry, and so they zoom off, where Thorne puts the boot into Barry by telling them that every misfortune that ever befell him was all Thorne's doing, including his mother's death. And now it's even more personal. Thorne is going to kill the one thing that tethers Barry to the real world. Before they even met, Thorne is going to kill Iris West Allen. Story opens with flashbacks to Barry's mum and he as a child, and I love that they kept his love of comics intact. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I think he was still inspired by Jay Garrick, though. Uh, probably not at this point. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought, because now he's not a comic book character, is he? He's real. Well, he was anyway, but he was still a comic character. But in the Flash's original continuity, no, he wasn't. He was a comic book character. He well, was an alternate Earth. On the Barry still, Allen's Earth, he was a comic book but character, still not a real person. he was a comic book character of a real person. No, he wasn't. He was. He wasn't. He was. On Barry's Earth, it was a comic book. He was not a real person. It doesn't matter. He was still a real person. Though. He was a real person on an alternate Earth. But he's still a real person. <laughs> I especially... <laughs> Right. Moving on. Okay. When you were reading <laughs> yes. Jay Garrick's Adventures of the Flashing Comics. Yes. Okay. Was he a I real never person? did. But was he a real person? No, he was a comic book character. It's just in the... <laughs> <laughs> when I was reading them, you, he's, right. he's a comic book. He's not real. You know what point I'm trying character. to get at? The point right. I'm trying to make is he's a comic book character. He's not real. No, the point I'm trying to get at is that he was a real character, and so when Barry read comics about him, he was reading comics about a real character. Alright, so when I read a Barry Allen comic here, Barry Allen's real, is it? Yeah. On another Earth? Y- yeah. Is that real on this one? Still that other Earth. So it, it, it's like... The, the <laughs> Somebody confirm it when you know exactly what point I'm trying to get at. I know what point you're trying to get at, yes. Okay. So I doubt that this Barry Allen was influenced by Jay Garrick comics. Yeah. Because I presume now that all the worlds were blended into one, there were no Jay Garrick comics. I presume. I could be wrong. Uh, excellent teamwork by the Flashes. Bart and Wally knock Zoom off his feet, and then Barry kicks him while he's in mid-air. Yeah. And while he's still in mid-air, Jay Garrick creates a sonic boom with his metal hat. And Zoom just keeps spinning backwards and he's unable to get any traction. Yeah. Oh, that was fantastic. I really like the, the hat. Do you like his little silver quicksilver hat? I'm one of the, the, the very few people who do, but I really like his oh, hat. It's, it's alright. There over there. It's the Greek god, isn't it? Uh, apparently Wally's kids were not popular with the fans. I did not know this, because I, I didn't know of, you know. Well, I, I wasn't particularly fond of them, but I didn't think I represented the entire fans. <laughs> well, the, one of the fan theories I, I discovered on the internet was that they were going to die in this series. But I'm quite glad Johns didn't go down that route. I'm just deeply distrustful of anyone who calls for the death of kids, even fictional ones. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like them, but... Yeah. I don't want them to get killed. <laughs> yeah. Seems to me that's that's going a bit far. The solution that Ira takes Jay's connection to the Speed Force away from him, leaving the West with only one super-powered kid, that kind of made sense. Yeah, yeah it was, it was also kind of, a, kind of a sweet little moment where she would take all of... His her brother's powers to save him. Yeah. It was it was quite nice, yeah, it was lovely. Using the Speed Force to create a costume is nothing new. Wally had a costume composed of pure Speed Force energy for a time. What is cool, or what I thought was cool, was how they all picture themselves. Wally seems to wear a variation 
on the darker red costume he wore in the early 90s. Bart goes all out with the classic Kid Flash look. Max and Jay stay the same, almost. Jessie quick decides to wear a costume that emphasises her boobs. Yeah, and show off her legs. And show off her legs, yeah. I mean, she's, she has actually got pants on, but she may as well not have yeah. given our skin tightly. I mean, to be fair, if you're planning on distracting a man... <laughs> yeah. Showing off your boobs is a pretty good way of doing yeah, it. And again, if you're a criminal trying to escape Power Girl, where do you hide? <laughs> oh, bury me in your chest, Power Girl. Although this 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 panel, um, it, it essentially was to give Wally a new costume. Yeah. To separate the two, but it also contradicts a panel later on. Do you remember how we said that I read this as before Blackest Night, but that panel later on that mentions Blackest Night puts it after Blackest Night? Yes. Well, in Blackest Night, Wally has that costume. Right. So here's my theory. You remember how you said this had so many deadlines? Yeah. This started before Blackest Night, but ended up ending in the middle or even near the end of it. Right. So... That works. He gets his... This should be before... But because it ended because of the in delays. the middle, they referenced it anyway. Right. Because Forever Evil suffered from some of that as well, hasn't it? Yeah. They've had to knock issues You'll back. notice it reading, at least I did, reading Rotworld, which we'll be covering soon, Yeah, uh, as it came out. In Rotworld, there's a lot of cameos. So, you know, they have zombie characters. and like, oh, that, yeah, Just so they can kill them off. That's pretty cool. They, they have a lot of characters in it who were only introduced that month. So you're thinking, surely for them to be a zombie, they should have been mentioned back in time when the story actually is. Mm-hmm. But because it was released when those characters were introduced, they messed it up. Not messed it up, but you know they're only there because the new char- the new titles are starting. That's oh one. right, I get what you're saying. Right? Yeah. Well, more back to this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> more interested about this. Iris Allen adopts the old impulse costume. Yeah, well, she calls herself Impulse. She, and she, earlier on, she said she wants to be like Uncle Bart. Yeah. I thought it was a nice little touch. She looks up to Bart like Bart looks up to Wally, like Wally looks up to Barry like, like Barry, Barry looks up to Jay. <laughs> yeah. So it all it all makes sense. I quite liked her. Honest to gosh, I did come up with the idea that the Speed Force de-ages before I read this chapter, where it's explained that that's why Jay Garrick is so young, that the Speed Force has kept him young and vibrant. Yeah. And the same with Iris. I mean, it's weak, but at least it's an explanation as to how Jay Garrick can still be running around when he should be clearly in his 90s. Without the super soldier serum. Without the super soldier serum, yeah. Maybe he's got some super soldier serum. I yeah. don't know. Plot twist ahoy! <laughs> in this issue, we learn that Adrian Zoom, a.k.a. Eobard Thorn, a.k.a. Reverse Flash, murdered... <laughs> yeah, Zolomon Hunter. No, is a different guy. <laughs> murdered Nora Allen. He's been jumping back and forward in time and screwing up Barry's life. This is actually quite clever. Yeah. Because it means that most... Not all... But most of the continuity nitpicks we've had have I've got an in-story reason. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I quite like I like that much more than explaining the goddamn speed force. <laughs> <laughs> Best cliffhanger of the series, bar none. Mm. Reverse Flash says he's going to go back in time and kill Iris, and we see her buying the bow tie that she gives him. At the date, later on. Yeah. Some of this was really... I prefer this kind of clever writing. Yeah. Then look how clever I am knitting all this continuity together. Mm. Oh, that was really quite impressive. Finally, as well, we got out of all that Speed Force crap and into what the series should have been about from the beginning. Barry Allen, Eobard Thorne, a clash over decades. His threat that he's going to kill Iris West before Barry even meets her is ingenious. 
as it cuts off Barry's anchor without him even knowing it. This is more like it, action-packed. It dovetails into past history without contradicting it. It ups the personal stakes for our hero. This is finally one issue from the end of this, what I wanted this to be all along. Yeah. This was fantastic. Hopefully, the last issue wasn't going to ruin it all. But this issue five was brilliant. Mm. Absolutely fantastic stuff. More symbolism for the cover of issue six. One is the entire Flash family, which is alright. It's okay, yeah. it does its job. Lots of floaty heads. Lots of floaty, well, yeah, floaty heads with bodies. A lot of Michael Turner. Oh, yes, some very Michael Turner especially in places. Especially Bart. Especially I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And especially Liberty Bell as well. And Liberty, yeah, she looks very Michael Turner as well, doesn't There's she? There's a bit of David Finch in that, actually. Uh, I'm still seeing a lot of Bolland. I still see a lot of Brian Bolland. I've still seen a lot of Perez. When yes, there is a lot of George Perez. Especially since, as I mentioned, there seems to be a different Inca. That Inca seems to be very Perez. No mention is made of an Inca anywhere. I know. You are right. The art looks different, mm. but there's no mention of an Inca anywhere. It's that, that, that is Perez. Yeah, there is, panel there. there is an awful lot of Perez in it. The other cover is a close-up of the Flash running with that rather tedious lightning coming out of his eyes. It's better than the other one. Yes, because at least you're getting an idea of who the Flash is and what he does. It, it looks really cool as well. It's dynamic. Not much going on. It's not really good, but yeah, it's dynamic. It's, it's, what it's a good piece of art. Yeah. You could frame that and have it on a wall, and it'd be great. Not really interesting as a cover, but... What do I know? I think covers should reflect the interior. <laughs> Fastest man alive. Barry Flash races against Reverse Flash, but he's just not strong enough, being powered as he is by the negative speed force. Barry receives the push necessary from Wally Flash, and both of them manage to break the time stream in Reverse Flash's wake without benefit of a cosmic treadmill. They both encounter him at the precise moment he hurls his staff at Iris, but Barry pulls him back in and along the time stream, ejecting him into the canister cell the JLA made to house him when he was powered up by negative speed force energy. Trapped in the cell, the JLA cut Thorn off from the negative speed force and Bart ties him up to prevent Thorn from creating more negative energy by running really fast. In the past, Thorn's staff falls to Iris's feet harmlessly. Arriving back home, Barry Flash enjoys the parades in his honour. The next day, he officially closes the book on Nora Allen's murder. Back at home, he sees that Iris kept the staff and he tells her that he's really back. Time stands still for no one, even the fastest man alive, but in Iris he's found someone who can help him to slow down. That night, at the JLA Watchtower, the Flash arrives for his welcome back party, stylishly late. The opening of this issue is exactly the kind of continuity that I like, as opposed to the stuff that I don't like, which is incessant explaining of stuff that doesn't matter. Barry Flash struggles to go back in time without the cosmic treadmill. Mm. because they've got established rules that they can't do it, they need the treadmill, they can't just travel in time. Wally Flash helps him to overcome this problem, and with a brief explanation, they do it. And it's quick, and it's satisfying, and it's over within two word balloons. Yeah. We can't do this. Ah, but if we do this, we can. Okay. <laughs> and you're like, all right, I'll accept that. Yeah. At least it's not page after page <laughs> after page of that. issue after issue. The speed falls by... <laughs> Would have been much funnier if Barry had gone, well, I'm sorry, I, f- I, f- I faded out, though. What were you saying? <laughs> I ran around the world so many times. 
I love that this entire story took place over less than a day. And this action in this issue is mere seconds. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic stuff. Really loved it. It's a great final battle. I love that Barry and Wally stop Thorn at the exact moment that Barry is hit by lightning. And I adored the reason, ultimately, that we didn't see in issue two is because we get it here. They are the lightning that strikes him. I don't know. Are they the lightning that strikes him? That was one. Is that the interpretation you got from it? No. See, there is a thunderstorm going on. It was very definitely one of the reasons in another story. Well, it isn't the one story that Barry Barry himself is the lightning that strikes him. Yeah. Giving him his own powers. So isn't that what they're going for here? Yeah. Uh, You could read it as that. That lightning storm could be them. Yes. So, you, yeah, all right then. You could interpret this, if you wanted to, that Barry and Wally coming back through time after Reverse Flash does cause the lightning storm that gives Barry his powers ultimately. But if you don't want to interpret it that way, you don't have to. But in a story that is all about the characters changing their own past... Yeah, it does kind of make sense, now that you mention it. I do like the idea as well that we're never told either that Barry or Wally knows that they did this. Yeah. So they don't know that they did this. He inadvertently made himself He inadvertently created himself. Yeah. So... That he inadvertently... Is the question now, then, if Professor Zoom... Eobard Thorne, Reverse Flash, had left well enough alone, He'd have never Barry Allen flash. would never have been created. Yeah. It's so it's all his fault. For every positive, there is a negative. negative yeah. As is, as, yeah, that's actually really clever. <laughs> yeah. And I love that it's not spelt out for you, and we only just came to that conclusion ourselves here. Yeah. There are people at home listening to this going, you idiots. <laughs> or there are people at home listening to this going, you idiots, how did you get that? <laughs> Which is fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Art is in the eye of the beholder, as we have mentioned many times before. As we mentioned, there is a reference to Blackest Night. As we also mentioned, there's a reference to um, Flash of Two Earths. Yes, there's another the Flash of Two Earths. There's the construction site. Yeah. Another reference to Flash <laughs> of Two Earths. They, they, they seem to like referencing that one. They do, A yeah. great deal, don't they? And the ending is really clever. Thorn is shoved into the canister that the JLA had Barry encased in earlier. And it does work. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. It serves a speedster from the speed force, which is what they were going to do with Barry yeah. when they couldn't find another way of, of stopping him from being all crackly and, and darker. And I love that John's dangled a solution to this right before our eyes, and we didn't see it. Or I didn't when I was first reading it, did you? No. So, well played. Give him all credit in the world, though. Well played, (laughs) Mr. Johns. This is much cleverer than tying together decades of continuity, as if it was always meant to be that way. And it is great that he just shoves him straight into the canister. All the JLA are still there. Well... My interpreter of this was he shoved him into that mere seconds after he himself has left it. But the Flash family are all there in the new costumes. They followed him through the speed force, or they were ready in the canister, or I don't know. Maybe you're right, maybe maybe they've readied it Unless for him, I don't know. they've gone back to seconds after he left. But then Superman's there as well. Yeah, and so is Green Lantern. All right, my theory does no water then. It, it could, maybe. Or maybe it's just after he left and the Flash family came back and said, no, let's stay everything as it is, because we're going to need it. Because we're going to need it in a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, for either way, I thought that was really good. I thought it was very, very clever. Uh, the ending at that point is then just a series of teases 
Yeah. Isn't it? Eventually the story's over here. That this is setting up his role. Barry enjoys the ceremonies and the celebrations that he's back. Uh, we don't, as we said earlier, you don't learn what's going on in Gorilla City. Abracadabra isn't dead after all. The rogues are all up to something. And Thorne teases Wally that the kids are going to do something in his future. I don't know how much of this was followed up on before New 52 swallowed it all up. Some of it was. The plan between the two reverse flashes was, because that was Flashpoint. Right. But there's um, the Green Lantern and uh, Atom is a homage to the Alex Ross comic book life-sized cutouts. Yes, so it is. Yeah, there's another one I had not caught. I like the Flash cake. Yeah. Can we have a piece of Flash cake? I'm I'm actually quite hungry for some Flash cake. (laughs) Would you fancy some of that? (laughs) An absolutely fantastic final chapter. Fast-paced action, high stakes with a personal connection to the characters. Exquisite art, all combined to make these final issues a joy to behold. Reading this, I literally could not wait to turn the pages in these final two issues, and Johns and Van Skyver deliver a finale. Much better than I could have hoped for, based on issues three and four, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Why couldn't have it all been that good? Uh, to be honest, I think there was a lot of it that needed to be explained. I suppose so. Whether it needed to be explained. Is it one of those things you think that if he hadn't explained it, there would have been legions of anally retentive fans going, why did you not explain this, this, this and this? There could be, but if there are things that he left unexplained, would his run and Flashpoint have worked? And would his own internal geek barometer not have been like, I should fix that, I I need to fix that. all of this was necessary for the Speed Force time changes in Flashpoint. Because it's him messing around with Barry's past so much that makes Barry go running through his past so much that makes him change it so much that Flashpoint happens. Right. Well, we've done Flashpoint, haven't we? We have. I need to read that again then. The, the plot twist is it isn't reverse Flash who changed his life like it's he thought Barry. it was. It's Barry who was trying to fix everything that reverse Flash messed up. Right. And he messes everything up even more. Yeah. Alright, fair enough. The story ending halfway through the issue means we get some nice wrap-up scenes as well as obviously setting up a future that we'll now never get. Despite being editorially mandated and suffering some dreadfully boring techno-babble about the Speed Force, this series ends up making the reader feel pretty damn good. The final line in the story was pretty killer as well, wasn't it? Yeah. When he shows up, it's just Barry showing up saying, Sorry I'm late. Mm. Brilliant. Last two issues were, were worth it. What did you think of it, Michael? Um, I really liked it, but I didn't There's think it was bus. as good as Rebirth. This is Rebirth. Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little bit confusing. Yeah, but I, I didn't think his run after this was better than this. But I've not read it. Have you I, got it all? No, I've only got Road to Flashpoint. You've not got the Death first, of the Death of the Rogues. That story is a detective story about Barry Allen as... D- D- detective Barry Allen. Right. So that's a, essentially a detective story. Okay. But I, th- I think for his run to be as good as it did, they need to get this out of the way. Alright. So, so basically, the, this was just shoveled out of the way and then let's yeah. move on. What's let's that? bring Barry back and get on with it. Whilst I didn't like this, it was necessary to move everything out of the way. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Whatever one thinks of the New 52 fan or not, there are things in this story that show what we lost. The history of a character like Barry Allen. I'm not talking about continuity. That's a separate thing. And we see both the good and the bad of an excessive love of continuity in this story. No, what I mean is the feeling that this character has baggage, a life, a past with things we may know and things we may not. 
don't underestimate something having the gravitas of history behind it. We've all got it, and in the hands of a good writer, it can be a good thing. Barry's back, whether you like it or not. This was alright, wasn't it? Yeah. As uh, the last two issues more than made up for it and were very, very exciting. When he's on his air game, he's pretty damn good. Mm. That about wraps it up for this time. Next time on an all new episode. Is it Rot World next? It is. And we're doing your Rot World thing. Yeah. Yeah, Michael, it's the episode for two weeks. I get to put my feet up, gift, <laughs> while I start working on those 70 shows. Right, thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed that. We seem to have fun. Yeah. Sorry about the uh, lack of email. Lovely people that email in. Please do continue. Obviously, we ended up talking about Captain America for longer than I thought we would. Maybe we should do an email show. Maybe in the future. Yeah. We'll see. We've got plenty of other stuff to do without doing an email show. Maybe we should do a, a spin-off email show. What, we should just do record an email show and just throw it out there as an extra episode? Yeah. Uh, we'll see. See if we get the time. Hey, kids' emails. <laughs> okay. All right, then. See you next week. Thank you very much for joining us. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Kids Comics is a The Devil Will Find Work for Idle Hands to Do production. The music and sound clips used in the show are copyright their respective copyright holders and are used for review and illustrative purposes only, and no infringement is intended, so don't send your phalanx of highly paid lawyers after us as we have no money. Certainly this show is not turned into a lucrative revenue stream as no money is made from this either, which vexes us. The opinions of Michael and Andrew expressed in the show are the opinions of Michael and Andrew and no one else. They own them, cherish them and look after them, but are probably not to be taken too seriously. New episodes drop every Thursday at twotruefreaks.com and Hey Kids Comics is a part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, your one-stop shop for a plethora of truly fine shows. Join in the fun and we can be emailed directly at heykidscomics at virginmedia.com. We can also be friended on Facebook by using Hey Kids, all one word as the first name, and Comics as the surname. We do hope you enjoyed this episode of Hey Kids Comics. Sing to introduce the show. That's that my thing, is it? <laughs> you sound like Cartman singing. That's what I'm trying to do. Have you not seen the clip of him singing Heat of the Moment? I have not, no. He, he's at some kind of Congress meeting or something with loads of politicians. Is it not the one where he tries to get a Family Guy band? No. Is that a different right. episode? The one last night was one, the one where he pretends to have Tourette's. <laughs> 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 Although the other one, the one that was on the other day, was the one where he, he wants to be a NASCAR driver, yeah, and he doesn't think he's stupid, stupid enough. Yeah. And the bit where he's force feeding himself Vagisil, <laughs> and he literally doubled up. I created that for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God! And it's one of those that you, your mum's looking at me going, "It's it's not that funny," and I could not stop laughing at it. Mum, mum just doesn't get it. Do you not get South Park though? I, I, she says that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> no, yeah.